Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. You may also donate by sending check or money order to 9030 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 665, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89117. We thank you. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in because the show is about to begin. From the front lines of America, Babylon, and transmitting worldwide on the internet and satellite, you are listening to Omega Man Radio Network with Shannon Davis. before, if you want to find a lot of demons, go to church. There you can be sure you'll find a bunch. They're roosting all over God's people. They're binding them down. They're choking them off. And somebody has to care because people are bound. And if it isn't the chosen of God, I don't know who's going to care. If it isn't those whom God has called out. If they don't care enough to lay their lives on the line, I don't know who's going to do it. As a sad scripture says, I looked for a man and I found none. God looked for a man. He couldn't find anybody. Everybody was doing their own thing. God is calling a people to war. All out war. A war in which no quarter is given or no quarter is asked. The order of the day remains. Attack, attack, attack. That's God's marching order. And that's our marching order here on Omega Man Radio every single night. I want to give the Lord Jesus Christ the praise for that powerful deliverance in the last show. 
In fact, the enemy was angry, and uh, it uh, caused me to have some technical difficulties getting on to the second show tonight. So we're starting just a little bit late, but it's going to be a great program. It's going to be my honor and pleasure to have on in just a moment a powerful man of God, Pastor Carl Henderson. Pastor Carl is a missionary to the Philippines, and they've been doing some powerful work over there in the islands of the Philippines for the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, he is uh, with a ministry called the Mission of Reconciliation. It's a ministry which is reconciling man to God. Uh, his official website is c10.org. That's Charlie Tango Echo November dot org. You can also reach uh, Pastor Carl at c Henderson number five at yahoo.com. He's also up on Facebook, and I have uh, his Facebook uh, contact info up in our show notes. And I want to welcome everybody tuning in. I see our chat room starting to fill up. Uh, this is the uh, late night show, but it's early night for you out there on uh, West Coast in L.A. It's prime time. And so I want to welcome all the people that are tuning in from around America, around the world. As uh, you all know, uh, at the conclusion of these programs, the MP3 is uh, put up in the archives, and you can download it for free off of iTunes, or go over to MegamanRadio.com and click on the MP3 link, and all 260 shows are there. You know what we do, we're doing now one to two shows a day, and they're filling up fast. And so they're there. Uh, download them, send them to your friends, spread the word, and uh, we're just uh, praising God for the new opportunity he's given us uh, to do this second program. Now, we're going to be opening up the lines tonight in the second hour. And uh, if you need prayer tonight, Pastor Carl Henderson is here with me. Uh, he's standing by to pray with you tonight. If you need demons cast out, they can come out tonight from your from your body, from your, from your soul, where they reside. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're a Christian, deliverance is the children's bread. And that's one of the uh, fringe benefits of being a Christian. You don't have to keep these foul spirits. And if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, we'll give you an opportunity to invite him into your heart. That's where it all begins. Accept Jesus Christ. Get set free of these foul spirits and then get into the battle because every man, woman, and child who serves the Lord Jesus Christ has been called in this end-time battle. We are in the Super Bowl of the end times. The enemy is ramping up his host of hell against us at an alarming rate. And as Pastor Carl and I were talking about earlier today, the, the harvest fields are white. They're ready for the picking. And there's very few workers that are willing to stand in the gap for men and women. And that's why Satan has taken many casualties. Just as we heard the testimony, this young brother, 21 years old, committed suicide. He thought there was no hope. Who knows? He may have went to a church and they told him, you know, you can't have a demon. And so he went away. Not thinking there was any help for him. That it was all, that was all He was the problem. When actually it was the tormenting demons of suicide, death, and destruction and others that had come into his life. Who knows how long they've been there. Maybe they came into the generational lines. But they tortured him to the point he killed himself. God forbid, folks, that we don't wake up and get into battle. People are dying like that every single day because people don't care enough to go out there and stand in the gap for brother and sister and tell them that there is hope. And then to do what Jesus called us to do, cast out devils. Well, folks, I want to get Pastor Carl on. Let's bring him on the line tonight and get this program started. Pastor Carl, do I have you on the phone tonight? Yes, I'm here. How are you? Brother, brother it's an honor and a pleasure to have you on. Can uh, I want to test the connection. Can you hear me clearly? Yes, I, I can I, I can hear you fine, Shannon. 
Well, praise the Lord. Brother, would you honor us tonight and open this program up in prayer? Yes, I will. Father God, we're so thankful to be together. We're so thankful for what you're doing through uh, Omega Man Radio. We're so thankful for what you're doing in your church and that you're raising up people in these last days who will stand against the darkness and who will call sin, sin, and evil, evil, and will renounce the wicked one and come against him with your authority and your name and, your, and the power that comes with that name. And, Lord, your word says that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and every knee will bow. And, Lord God, we thank you that this is a, a place where the spirits, where the wicked one, has to bend their knee and they have to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Father God, we thank you for the power of your Son. We thank you for the blood and, and the forgiveness that comes through that blood. We thank you for the uh, example, Lord. We thank you for the ministry that we have through your Son, Jesus Christ. We're thankful, Lord, that your Son sits at your right hand and he rules and reigns. And uh, he uses us as his rod of wrath to break up the darkness and to come against the wickedness and to come against the works of the devil. And we're thankful, Lord, that, uh, that you have um, blessed us with an opportunity to, be, to serve you and to be used by you. And, we say, Lord, we pray that everything that's done here tonight will bring honor and glory to you. We pray that your kingdom will be furthered by what happens here tonight. We pray that your church will be strengthened. We pray that your people will be empowered and equipped and that they'll have boldness and faith to come against the wickedness and the darkness, and to speak the truth in love, and to speak it powerfully. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, brother, I'm tickled to death to have you on. You know, folks, I've been wanting to get Pastor Carl Henderson on for a long time, and uh, it's been difficult because he's been doing the work of the Lord overseas in the Philippines. That's a long way away. <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of work that you all been doing over there. Um, greet the audience tonight. Tell them about uh, the ministry you all been doing. Give us an update. What's going on in the Philippines? Well, uh, our ministry has been morphing and changing and growing ever since we got there. And uh, it seems like uh, about every six months we have a whole new ministry as God opens up new areas and changes us and uh, from one place to another. So we, we started out thinking we were just going to preach the gospel and preaching it in a unique way, as it turns out today by preaching repentance which uh, a lot of people don't preach and then and then god moved us into uh to a, um, a miracle ministry where we were doing a lot of healing and in the midst of that of course we were also running into demonic spirits and we were doing deliverance and uh honestly when we first started out we were not doing it very effectively uh it seemed like we were doing it effectively but uh, the one circumstance really struck me and that started me a search to get better equipped for doing deliverance. And from that time on, we've been really tearing down the walls of darkness. We've been doing mass deliverance. Uh, we do. It seems like everywhere we go, God puts us in in, in contact with people who need deliverance. And uh, so now, um, you know, we're we're doing deliverance. It seems like uh, every other day uh, uh, or something, there we're manifesting or showing or seeing the power of God working against um, um, the darkness. Amen. And, uh, Carl, have you been into churches, even in America, where um, they probably never seen deliverance? And uh, <laughs> have you seen any manifestations in any of these churches? Any stories to tell? Yeah, we see uh, that if you come in the spirit and power, we see that, that uh, people begin to manifest uh, when you come. One of the, uh, one of the amazing stories that I, I wanted to share with you is uh, we were in a church where I think you could say they believe it's possible, but it's not very probable that someone's gonna that a believer could have demons. 
um, or that people could have demons. And we had uh, a young lady that began to manifest in the church, and then we we took her aside later, and uh, and we did deliverance with her. And uh, one of the things that really struck me was um, this young lady knew me from a previous visit to the states. She knew I was a missionary. She knew uh, about our ministry. And um, and yet, when we took her into deliverance, we took her into a private room, my wife and I, and we began to do deliverance with her. And after we did the renunciations and stuff, the demons kept interrupting the renunciations, time after time, wanting to know who we were, which really struck me as, as strange because uh, this girl knows who we are. She knows that we're missionaries. She knows where we're from. She knows about our ministry. And yet, the demons didn't seem to know who we were. And they, of course, they very much threatened by who we were. They, they, in fact, she, she told us multiple demons are asking, who is he? Who is he? How does he know this? Who is he? So um, that's what it tells me that, um, first of all, there's something that's garbled in the communication system where the, where the demons are not always able to know who they're confronting, number one. And number two is the demons do have fear and trembling when you come in the name of Jesus. Amen to that, brother. I mean, it was like, uh, whoa, they've probably not seen this before. And it's like, who is this guy? Um, how did he know? <laughs> how did yeah. he know we were yeah, here? I, I, I actually told him, I said, uh, I said, you know what I am? I said, I'm your worst fear. I'm a man <laughs> of God who knows how to use the authority of Jesus Christ's name and who's not afraid to come against you and knows that I'm going to walk in victory and trample on your head as, as, uh, as Christ did uh, Satan's head at Calvary. And, uh, and then the deliverance began. But I, I found it very interesting that although she knows me very well and knew all about us, they didn't know. It's as if there's something um, blinding them or, the, or even amongst themselves they have a spirit of confusion or, or the conversations and things that are going on are somewhat garbled. But for some reason, um, though she knew me and she knew all about us, they didn't know. And as they were... As they were trying to find out what the deliverance started, uh, you could actually, uh, according to the to the woman and what we heard, you could actually hear fear. You, you know, she said they, they, they were fighting amongst themselves. They were panicking that somebody knew what to do. And I think that's probably true in many places in America and around the world. That uh, you know, you have believers who are bound, who are made powerless. They have a, a spirit of apathy and uh, complacently ruling in their lives and. Uh, and it's it's there just because nobody one recognizes it's there, and two nobody knows how to go against it, uh, even when people do recognize it. So you know we've seen this time after time, um, lives change dramatically change when they get deliverance. Amen, Carl. Why do you think it is that uh, we're not seeing more deliverance ministries uh, in America? What's what's going on? I mean, again, you mentioned that a lot of them don't even preach repentance, but. Uh, I mean, uh, how did we get in this shape? I mean, this is something that Jesus did every day. What's going on here in America? Where did we go wrong? Well, you know, there's probably a lot of factors, even more than, than I'm aware of. But the truth is, at some level, this German higher criticism has creeped into the church. And it's in most of our seminaries. Some of our seminaries think it's a, it's a positive thing to do, uh, uh, to do uh, textual criticism. And over the years, this leads to this questioning and doubting miracles and the power and, the, and, and demons and, and the power and authority over them. That's number one. Number two, it comes uh, just from faithlessness. If you don't believe and, uh, and if you're not walking in faith, too often we, uh, 
I, I think especially in America, you know, we think uh, Christianity is about going to church on Sunday. When I was a kid, I can remember debating with many Roman Catholics and listening to adults debate. And it was the Roman Catholics who knew nothing about the Bible. They, I mean, you could, if, even as a child, I could stump them on the information I knew as uh, having just gone to a Christian school for uh, for the first couple of years, just telling Bible stories. They they didn't know. All they did was they went to church and uh, and then they came home and lived like the devil every day of the week. But but now in the last um, thirty forty years, the evangelical church is is no different. We don't uh, we don't know the scriptures. We don't live changed lives. We don't live different lives. We don't desire to. We think that it's normal. Um, we've seen this even in the Philippines. You know, I, I when I first went to the Philippines, my one of my number one goals was to mobilize more American missionaries to come to the Philippines. But now that I've been there for four years, you know, I'm uh, I'm wanting most of them to go home because we've become part of the problem. We've planted. Um, the um, American structure and mindset and church, uh, that complacent, lukewarm mindset in the Philippines, and uh, they can't fake it like we do because we have lots of money. We can put on programs and, and we can entertain people, but they can't do it, so it's it's much more blatant and obvious. So I think it's a combination of those things, not really believing the Word of God, number one. Number two, not being devout, you know, um, Years before, even the time of Christ, uh, I think it was the Plato that said, there are many religious, but few who are devout. Well, there's the problem. We don't have devout people. And we don't think of Christianity as something you suffer for, something you die for, something that you die to yourself for, something you take up your cross for. So Christianity has become a nice add-on to a middle-class, uh, rich American life. And, um, and you know, you, com- you, you combine those things and some of the other elements that are working there, and you end up with a, a powerless church. If One, you don't recognize there's an enemy, because higher criticism has told you that the miracles and those things are not really true, or if they were once true, they're not true now. And then secondly, you don't have the tools to come against it, even when you do recognize it, even when it's, when it's smacking you in the face. So those two things has uh, created uh, this dilemma. Um, it's, it's kind of a, a bad theology, that it's not real, and and number two, the other aspect of that bad theology, if it is real, we can't do anything about it, or we shouldn't do anything about it, or that's somebody else's job. That's uh, uh, that's another um, a big error in the church today is that, you know, I don't have the gift for that. You know, that's the evangelist's job. That's the pastor's job. That's somebody else's job. It's not your job. Yet the scripture is clear. Jesus tells us these signs will follow those who believe in, in my name. They'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. In my, you know, they will they will cast out demons in my name. These are the signs that follow normal believers. In fact, if we're not doing this, it's abnormal. And the truth is, much of the Christianity we see in the world today is abnormal according to the biblical standard. Amen. Uh, it's totally twisted, isn't it? I mean, you mentioned um, when some of the American evangelists, especially some of these big televangelists, they go over to these other countries, and they try to bring this uh, this Americanized gospel, uh, I call it the gospel of hell, you know, this prosperity gospel that uh, that's all God wants to do. Uh, you know, let's don't talk about hell. You know, God doesn't want to send you to hell. And, you know, he's going to take you out of here before destruction and persecution comes. And, you know, we're going to just talk about the good things, how to live your best life now. It's garbage, folks. That's not going to keep you when the enemy attacks. 
We can we can no. uh, ignore him all we want, can't we, Pastor Carl? But the enemy, <laughs> he's still coming for people, isn't he? Ready or not? That's right. And, the gospel of the gospel of Jesus Christ is a gospel of power and suffering. And if we're not willing to pay the price, uh, then then we'll never see the power. And the truth is, uh, one other reason you mentioned earlier, why does nobody want to get into this ministry? Because this ministry comes with persecution. Um, it's it's if you're doing anything effective in the kingdom of God, you will be persecuted. The reason they they persecuted and killed Jesus Christ is because he was doing everything that they couldn't do. Not only was he walking in repentance, not only was he sinless, not a conviction, but he's healing the sick, he's casting out demons, his lives are being changed, and they couldn't do that. They had the religi religiosity, they had the religious forms down, uh, they had the uh, the liturgies down but it was all dead and lifeless. And so when you come in power, it creates jealousy, one, but, uh, amongst other believers, those who can't come with power, and most of the reason they can't come is either they're living in sin or they're just afraid to take the chance and do it, because what, we've seen, is, <laughs> yeah, what we've seen is you can't get far enough out on a limb and, and uh, for Jesus to cut it off. He'll always be there. You, the farther you go out on the limb, the more he shows up and the more power You'll see, and uh, the tighter the spots, the, the tighter the circumstances and the situation, the more he'll manifest, the, the greater he'll be. So if you're not willing to take the risk, you're not going to see that. And persecution, you know, uh, occasionally it comes from the, um, from the heathens and from Muslims and from communist governments and things, and I've seen a lot of that too. But the, the majority of persecution comes from other believers. It comes from religious people who have their idea of Jesus. They have their own little sweet Jesus, which is idolatry. It's not the Jesus of the Bible, because he was, a, he was a, a fiery preacher who called people broods of vipers and called people dogs and the sons of dogs and dead roots that needed to be cut and thrown into the fire. I mean, these were some of the things that Jesus said about religious people. So uh, it was religious people that killed Christ, and the servant we, will be like their master, the ones who come after uh, those who are involved in effective ministry, and I don't whether it's uh, whether it's deliverance or whether it's healing or whether it's preaching the gospel. If you're effective in any one of those, and you, we really should be doing all three, but if you're effective in any mm -hmm. one of those, you're going to come you're going to come under fire from religious people calling themselves Christians, lining up to criticize. Amen. And it's it's real easy for them to criticize, and uh, you know, cop out and say, you know, those gifts aren't for today. You know, tongues is not for today. Healing is not for today. Deliverance, you know, only Jesus did that. Folks, that's a bunch of malarkey, in the words of my 80-year-old grandmother. Um, all those things are available to us today. It's just a cop-out to the people who are not moving in them because, of, as Pastor Carl said tonight, uh, they need deliverance themselves. You know, they've got sin in their lives. You know, uh, they've got pride. You know, who me? I'm a pastor. I have demons? Come on. Or because yeah. they don't want to um, be persecuted or lose some of their revenue. That's the way it is in a lot of these churches, Pastor Carl. I've even heard some pastors that acknowledged that uh, deliverance is for today, but they said, you know, we can't do that here. My people would uh, walk out and we would lose some of our congregation. Brother, they've sold out to the spirit of mammon already. Yeah, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a there, Jesus had a biblical term for that. He called pastors like that uh, wolves in sheep's clothing. <laughs> That's the yeah. nice term that Jesus used. 
it, it's when you're, it's more important for you to feed off of the flock and to and to flourish and to do well than it is to do the hard, heavy lifting of the gospel, the kingdom of God. Listen, we always talk about the number of people who died for our Bible. Well, if those people died for the Bible and we recognize the sacrifices they made to make sure that we got the scriptures in our hands, why don't we actually do what the scripture says? Why don't we read it, believe it, and do it? But instead, we treat it like a nursery rhyme. It's something good to read and put yourself to sleep with, but don't take it too seriously, or you'll end up uh, you'll end up thinking that these things are real. And uh, it's a shame to the modern church that that's the mindset. Brother, it's a shame, but uh, for everyone out there that's not doing it, when I hear reports of of what you're doing and seeing happening over the Philippines, that's encouraging. Folks, not everybody's sitting down on the job. There's some people out there that have sacrificed all, even to go to other countries, and um, and to get the gospel. But tell us about what, what's been going on in Philippines. Are the Filipino people hungry for the word of God and the gospel and deliverance and, deliver- and healing? Yeah, uh, you're breaking up just a little bit there at the end. But you know what? I've seen, uh, I've been in Thailand, I've been in Malaysia, I've been in China working with the underground church. Uh, I've been in, um, I've d- dealt with the Karen refugees who are suffering such terrible persecution from the uh, from the, the go- government in Burma. Uh and in the Philippines, and everywhere I've been, the fields are white. There's there's so many people just, they're, they're desperate to come into the kingdom of God, but nobody's preaching the gospel. And frankly, most of the missionaries uh, that we send right now, uh, things have become so unbalanced in the church that according to the World Center for, for, for Missions, 70% of all missionaries worldwide are females. Uh, and that's not meant to be, but really? the men won't the men won't fight, and so the women are in the fight for them. But but when you're when you're dealing with um, uh, um, a, a feminine uh, side of the gospel, oftentimes women are more nurturers, and so what happens is they all get involved in in children feeding programs and working with orphans and 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 uh, lots of different uh, programs. And uh, I'm not saying God can't use those things, but God didn't tell us to do that. He didn't say go into all the world and start colleges or Bible schools or uh, elementary schools. He didn't say go into all the world and start, um, you know, uh, 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 a hospital. He didn't say to do those things. Now, I'm, I, I'll admit that God can use all those things. He's used donkeys to talk for before, but he told us to go into all the world to preach the gospel and to, to heal the sick, to cast out the demons, to baptize them and teach them to obey everything that he taught. So when when I look at the number of missionaries that are doing that, it's it's extremely small. Uh, even those who are doing part of that is a small number, and uh, and then teaching other people to do this, it's small. But I will tell you this: everywhere I've been, and before I went overseas, I was in Mexico. I saw the same thing. People people are begging to come into the kingdom of God, but nobody is preaching the gospel. Nobody is is reaching out, and nobody is is saying the right things, and what what often happens, what passes for the gospel is come to church and learn to socialize like we socialize in this new club, and you leave your old club, the Roman Catholic Church or the or the Islamic mosque or uh, one of the other cults, and come and be part of our club, and yet Jesus didn't call us to that. Uh, in fact, he called us to take up our cross. He called us to suffer. He called us to... to uh, to do exactly, to obey and do observe and do exactly what he taught the apostles to do. So even when the gospel goes out, unfortunately it goes out watered down and it goes out very weak, goes out mostly powerless. 
I'm, uh, I'm always reminded of the, the words of the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 when he says, uh, When I came to you, brothers, I did not come with eloquence of speech or superior wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith may not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. And even when we preach the gospel, most of the time, at best, we come with men's wisdom. We come and we try to persuade them and we try to... Uh, to um, uh, we use uh, apologetics, and we use things to try to p- persuade them mentally, and then we get um, we get exactly what we want. You want a bunch of uh, puffed up people who are intellectually persuaded, but whose hearts are not changed, and whose lives are not changed, and who are not committed to sacrificing and dying for the cause of Christ. Then you end up with the same um, powerless, weak uh, Christianity we have in the West, and we're taking it to the world and. Uh, you know, it's like the old saying is, we've met the enemy, and the enemy is us. Because we don't recognize who the real enemy is, and because we won't get in the fight, therefore we have become the enemy. And that's the sad uh, state of the modern church. Amen. And uh, we folks are being destroyed for a lack of knowledge, and destroyed because we will not get in and use the tools and the weapons that the Lord Jesus Christ has given us to defend ourselves and our loved ones and to... Launch an attack on the enemy. Uh, you know, I've been told that we're supposed to occupy till the Lord returns. Am I correct in that the term occupy is a military term? It means to go into enemy territory and take it, it back? It certainly does. It's to seize and hold ground. That's what an occupation is. You seize and hold ground for the kingdom of God. Amen, folks. Amen. Uh, it, it doesn't mean sit idle and wait for the enemy to come for you. It means we need to run him out of the land, like it says over Numbers 33. That's and, right. And uh, <laughs> he's in most of us out there, folks. We've got to route him out before uh, the demons mount an attack that sends you into a spiral. And some people aren't, yeah. are making comebacks because they waited too long. Let it not be so and with us. Go ahead, Ron. Unfortunately, unfortunately, we have these parasitic quizzlings in the church, and that's these demons. And, and we have so many demonized believers who think, uh, you know, I just can't. Uh, I, I often wondered why when I, I'm changing topics just a little bit, I, I often wondered why when I would disciple and train and teach people what to do, I could see them do it, they could do it with me, I could take them hand by hand, they could do it, and then we would release them to fly on their own, and they'd fly for a little while, and then they would crash land, and they couldn't do it anymore. And I often wondered why they couldn't, um, do what we were training them to do. Uh, you know, uh, God has called us in a spiritual sense to walk on the water. He, he you know, he, we're no longer earth dwellers. Satan has come down to the earth dwellers, but we, we dwell in the third heavens. We're seated at the right hand of God the Father. We, and and so many people yeah. are are their their spiritual walk with the Lord. That the you know instead of walking on the waters, instead of preaching the gospel, instead of healing sick, casting out the demons, they're they're barely able to keep their nose above the water line. And I begin to realize, you know, even when they're trained, equipped, when we take them by hand, we get them started, they always end up back at the same place where they can't accomplish anything. And we, and I, real, I begin to realize that the reason they're not is because they're bound. So many of them, even when they want to do it, they're bound. They're powerless to share their faith. They're reluctant to share their faith. They're scared to share their faith. Uh, and most of this is spiritual. 
One, because they're walking in so much defeat. In some cases, we've, we've had um, pastoral candidates, young men who are on their internships at pastors, who are they're list, they have so many voices and conversations going on inside their head, they don't know which one is them. And yet Uh-oh. they're trying to go into ministry. They want to serve God, and they have a, a constant confusion and multiple voices speaking inside their heads. They they can't break free from certain sins that just have them bound and defeated, and they, they just walk in defeat, and they go from defeat to defeat to defeat. And so it's hard for them to get up and, and, and call other people to repentance when it seems to them that they can't even repent, even though they want to. And we, we begin to realize that this stuff is spiritual. It's because the church is bound. We can't walk in victory if we've got a if our you know if our hands and feet are tied and there's a hood over our head. We're hostages. Hostages can't walk in victory, and we need to you know we need to be set free. We need to break out of this uh, demonic stronghold that that has overcome the church. And 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 frankly, I know I think it's uh, in the church from the from the pulpit to the to the very last seat. It's uh, it's all over the place. I see it with the arrogance and the pride and the the jealousy and and uh, and the sexual sin and the different kinds of sins that are rampant in the pulpit and and that are rampant in the church. Where you know you have you have pastors who are always in a fight to prove they're a real pastor based on their numbers, but nobody's um, proving that they're a man of God based on their faithfulness and based on the obedient people that they raise up. Remember, Jesus uh, spent ninety percent of his ministry on ministry on on 12 men, and uh, yeah. another three yeah. and another 70. And uh, and they're so busy trying to build numbers and be a big name because they've got these spirits of envy and pride and unforgiveness working in their lives, and these religious spirits, that they can't accomplish the real ministry. Even when they started out to accomplish that, they're bound. They're hostage. Their hands and feet are tied. They have a hood over their head, and most of the time they can't even speak the truth because they're bound so strongly. Brother, isn't that the truth? I mean, uh, they teach, you know, hey, uh, the bigger building you have, then you have arrived, and that's how you can gauge your spiritual growth. Folks, God's not interested in how big your building is or the fact that uh, you've got, uh, you know, a ministry on television or you have a Learjet for use by the ministry. He's not interested in that. He's interested, are we doing what he's called us to do? Preach the gospel, cast out demons, and lay hands on the sick. And, you know, brother, so what I'm hearing is, you know, uh, a person could be saved or they could get saved and even be called in the ministry, and they're so bound up that uh, they never get beyond go. And Satan keeps them like that. He could even keep them bound up most of their life and keep them ineffective for Christ because they will not uh, acknowledge the reality of demons inside of them and get the, the help that they need, which to have them cast out in Jesus' name. Let me, uh, Shannon. Let me just give you a, a, an example of this, brother. We were we were teaching in uh, Oriental Mindoro, which is an island uh, in the Visayan part of the Philippines, down in the uh, south central part of the Philippines. And we were t- teaching in a church, and we were going to teach on deliverance. And uh, I didn't realize this at the time, but about half the pastors present were skeptical of this anyway. Um, but uh, we, um, you know, if, if they invite us, we're going to preach the gospel. We're going to speak it loud and clear and, and boldly. And uh, so we started talking about it. And uh, but the day before, the, some of the pastors were there, and they were talking to me. They all had intern pastors underneath them who had to do a six-month. Uh, they were all graduates of a of a missionary training school. And then, uh, I don't want to name the school, and then they uh, they were going to do their internships, and then they were going to be, sent out to start take over congregations. And so here's all these young men 
that uh, have committed themselves to Christ. They spent three years in school already, and uh, they're here for this training. Now, admittedly, some of the pastors over them didn't really believe this training was going to be much. We sat down, we start talking about it, we've explained everything to them, and then we just start to go through renunciations. And who starts screaming and manifesting and falling to the floor but all the intern pastors? <laughs> oh, man, wow. So the, the intern pastors heard... are screaming and yelling and knocking chairs all over the place and laying on the floor and squirming around like uh, like snakes. And one of them stands up uh, kind of like uh, one of these, uh, uh, I don't know, like a, like a statue, and he just locks himself rigid, and he's just standing there just rigid and sort of trembling. And, and other than the intern pastors... And uh, and a couple of girls who were there, um, you know, nobody was even manifesting yet. But we hadn't even got through the renunciations, and they're manifesting. <laughs> so uh, so everyone's shocked about this. And then I'm thinking, you know what? We haven't even got started, and I already have a major <laughs> deliverance going on right here. So at the at the time, I decided to just bind them all. So I bound all the spirits. And, uh, of course, in just a minute or so, they come back to themselves. They get up. They clean themselves up. They sit on the floor. They throw away their vomit bags and wipe their face, and we went on through the rest of the renunciations. And again, we finally got to calling out the spirits, and they manifest again. Of course, now a lot of people are manifesting. Um, And so we went through the deliverance, and uh, again, it was the intern pastors and a couple of girls who were manifesting the most, screaming and and hollering, some of the most dramatic manifestations we've seen. And uh, one of them squirming like a snake on the ground all over the place, and uh, and vomiting and, and just just you know handfuls and handfuls of saliva just pouring out of their mouths and and uh, so we finally got to the end of the deliverance after about two and a half hours and so um they got some deliverance and they would just go through waves they would get some deliverance and it seemed like it was over and then here it would come again and um since it was a mass deliverance i wasn't really able to interrogate the spirits very much and so finally uh, everybody seemed to manifest uh, um, almost everyone that I saw was manifesting demons and passing them, but it was these young people who were manifesting the most uh, dramatic in the most dramatic ways. So we came to the end of the service and I bound them again, and then uh, we had another service that was going to take place. And I said, "We'll meet with those who want to be going to deliverance again, again at eleven o'clock tonight." So when we get ready to meet again. Here comes those same one. Here comes all the intern pastors and these girls. So we barely even started in deliverance, and they're manifesting all over the place. Now, I want you to see some of the things that were going on. Because um, um, later, the, the senior pastors um, and even the pastors over them were critical of what was going on. In fact, one of the pastors had told me before, he says, I have this one guy, and he won't really, he wants to be a pastor, but he won't really commit to ministry. And so when we would get him to manifest, he would just lock up straight and just stand up. Uh-oh. And I would bind him and I would bind him so he couldn't hurt anybody and he would stand like a statue. And you know, I would lay my hand on his chest or his shoulder or his arm. It was as if I was laying it on steel. He was wow. hard as a rock. He, he didn't even have the you know, the softness of the fat underneath the skin like a little pad. He sure. had nothing. He was rigid like metal. Oh. In the meantime, everybody else is manifesting all over the place and so um I have our, my missionaries. We one of our principal things is to train up Filipino missionaries who accomplish this too, and then we eventually send them out to plant churches and do the same thing. And uh, and so my Filipino missionaries are working with some of them. The people are manifesting, and finally I take this guy aside, and I, and I and I begin to 
to uh, converse with a demon, and the demon won't speak. He'll just shake his head, no, 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 no. And then finally, um, uh, I, 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 I found the demon, and I said, I want to speak to, to the young man again. And the young man came back, and I said, where does this demon come from? And he says, he murdered my father. And I said, he murdered your father? And he says, no, um, he came because my father was murdered. And I said, I don't understand. And he says, this is this demon, he says, I, I've never seen him before, but when my father was murdered in the Philippines, um, in, in many cultures in Asia, you must take vengeance. And so he was a little boy when his father was murdered. His clan, his family knows who the murderer is, or you know, they have two or three candidates from another family who are probably the ones who murdered his father. So from the time he was two or three years of age, he was raised that he had to take vengeance. He had to murder the one who had murdered his father. Wow. So, so here he wants to serve God, but he also has this spirit of murder that the whole family has committed him to, this murder, and his spirit of murder is there. So I told him, I said, can you forgive this man who killed his dad? And he just broke down crying and crying and crying. And he says, yes, I can forgive him. I don't want to be a murderer. He says, I don't, I don't want to have to kill, he says. But then the demon came right back, and he says, but I will. And he just became rigid again. He's shaking and even kind of growling deep inside. And he's, uh, and he's uh, yelling. And, uh, and, uh, and then I bound the demon, and I told the demon, I said, um, you know, he has denied you. He's forgiven this person. You've got to go. And the demon just screamed, no, 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 no. And then threw him on the ground and left. Oh my goodness! And, the kid just, and then the kid just got up in tears, and uh, so this young guy was just God. weeping and weeping. Well, guess what? Before it was over, we had about twenty different spirits of murder and vengeance and revenge and bitterness and resentment come out one after the other, and this young man was set free again. And uh, each time, each time they manifested, he would just become as solid as steel. It was it was incredible how uh, strong he was, but. Um, we we always bound him so nobody was attacked. And at that time, all my uh, Filipino missionaries were all females, and they're all about five foot tall. So if there was a if there was going to be a fight, it's with me. But we've never really had any trouble with that. We bind them, and that's the end of it. There's no more struggle. And uh, so so in this case, uh, we have all these people manifesting. Other ones were manifesting uh, about uh, sexual sin and shame, and of course a lot of unforgiveness and a lot of. Uh, bitterness and then of course there's always witchcraft uh, which lies just below the surface and that stuff began to manifest so before the night was over we went to about 1230 we still didn't get except for that one young man we didn't get complete deliverance on anyway so we on anyone we bound them all again and uh, what I didn't know I'll give you the rest of the story as Paul Harvey says was that the pastors were speaking evil of all this and one of the pastors in particular was saying this is not this is not the way to do it in fact he told us Abelarios do it better than this. Well, Abelarios are witch doctors. Oh my goodness! So what does that t- what does that tell you? He's getting his deliverance information from witch doctors, who are the very ones who have these people demonized. Well, they were speaking against us, and our missionaries came in and told me about it. And uh, we do what we call uh, um, the Elijah challenge, the way Elijah challenged the prophets of Baal. That's how we heal the sick. We uh, we challenge anyone else to heal them. We challenge any witch doctors to heal them. And then we challenge, we use the name of God, and we see many people healed. So I told the, the, our missionaries, I said, well, don't worry about it. Tomorrow we'll do the Elijah challenge, and we'll let them try to do it, and then we'll do it. And we know God will show up when we do it. And, uh, and if he doesn't, good, we'll go home. Then maybe we're in the wrong. And uh, 
so the next day, um, this story goes on for a little bit, but the next day... Well, I love stories. You keep on going. And my people here listening tonight, they love stories, too. We like to hear stories from uh, the mission fields, man, and real experience. Tell us. Praise praise God. Well, the next day we get up in the morning, and uh, one of the females who had been manifesting, our missionaries, went and met with her. And we said, uh, listen, would you be... uh, They have been... Those people, they were talking bad about them, saying you're just acting emotional, this is just you wanting attention, and saying this kind of stuff to these um, these young people, these young pastors who had been, who had been, uh, they're all in their early 20s, who, who, uh, who had been manifesting demons the night before. So our missionaries went and met with one of the girls, and I went and met with her, and I said, so what happened yesterday? Was that real or not? She goes, that was real. There's nothing so real in my life as what happened there, and I need to get completely free. And uh, so then I went and I talked to a couple of the young men, and I, and I said, um, you heard what's being said. And they said, yes, we heard what's being said. I said, will you give your testimony to what happened? Do you know that what happened was real? And they said, Pastor, that's the most real thing that's ever happened since we've been Christians. They said, that was more real than our born-again experience. So I said, okay, all right, then I'm going to give you probably give you guys an opportunity to speak today. So I went into the church. I was supposed to preach. I was supposed to actually teach and then run on through, but I saw a lot of people there who hadn't been to the previous service, so I decided to just preach instead, and then we'll start with the teaching in the afternoon. Now, the the pastor who had been coming against us and speaking evil of us, he got um, um, so upset that when when I, him and his wife were leading the music, and uh, when I got up to preach, they both left. Now, I want to tell you, while he was leading the music, they, they did the offering, and a lot of times in the Philippines, they put a basket up front, and everybody goes up and puts their money in. And his little two-year-old son comes, just cute as can be, this pastor who's uh, resisting and rebelling, his two-year-old son goes up to the front and looks into the basket, and he's walking around, everyone's chuckling and laughing, he's so cute, just walking all over the place, and, and he's eating kind of like uh, corn nuts, and, uh, but his parents are leading in worship, so you know no, there's no one there to really supervise him. And everybody got a kick out of it. And then when I got up to preach, both the pastor and his wife left. They didn't even want to hear me preach. So um, it turns out that they went out to the front of the church building and they were trying to persuade people not to go in to hear me preach. And and I didn't know any of this at the time. So I preached a sermon and I made uh, the, the, the sermon ends with people making a commitment to follow Christ and put their commitment to be strengthened and serve Christ in the right way and the whole church came forward, and uh, so everyone renewed a commitment to follow Christ, and and, uh, and except for those pastors who had decided they were against us now. You know, the lines were pretty much drawn. So um, we went and we, uh, at the end of the service, I had everybody sat down, and then I'm inviting everybody to come back this afternoon to learn how to heal. And uh, so, again, I told them, I said, look, this afternoon we're going to heal, and we're going to teach you how to heal. This is not something that just the elite in the kingdom of God, this is what all believers can do yeah. once you know how. And once you know how, it's, there's, it's not difficult at all if you, if you, if you have faith. And, uh, and once you start doing miracles, the faith just grows until it becomes astronomical. So, uh, so this is when I decided to kind of call the bluff. And so I said, okay, so is there anybody here that needs to be healed here in the congregation? And we got four people to come up with uh, knee pain, back pain, those kind of things. And which I knew are easy to heal. They heal very quickly. Um, um, and so um, I, I, that, that pastor had come back into the building again, so I asked him to heal them, to come pray for them and heal them. 
Uh, this was the Elijah challenge. You do it your way, let's see what happens. So it really threw him a curve, and another pastor went up with him. <laughs> yeah. And so the, what so up the show up, them, they, laid, they laid hands, and boy, they prayed so earnestly. <laughs> you never seen somebody trying so hard to heal in your life. Uh, except not knowing how and not coming in the right spirit, they're not going to see any healing. And uh, I mean, he, he prayed, he prayed in tongues, he prayed frontwards, backwards. He used Jesus' name in, in you know, in Hebrew and in English, and and uh, he did everything he could do. And uh, of course, at the end, we asked him, "Okay, are you healed? Are you healed? Are you healed?" And one of them said, "Well, my shoulder might be a little bit better." And so everyone broke out in clapping, and then they wanted to leave. And I said, "No, no, 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 you all stay here." So then I called our missionaries up, and I said, okay, now we're going to heal you guys. We want to show you that this is real. So um, one of the big differences we do, um, Shannon, when we talk, when we when we heal is we don't pray. There's only one place, one place in Scripture where it says to pray for the sick in James chapter 5, and then it's the elders of the church, and it has to be met with confession of sin by the believers uh, yes. in order for the prayer of, um, to be uh, to heal. So what we did do, what we do is we teach healing as the apostles did it for three and a half years before Pentecost, before the Holy Spirit fell, before the gift of healing was given to the church. They healed in the power and the authority of Jesus' name. So we brought them up. We have our missionaries lay hands on the affected area, and we speak commands in the name of Jesus. Back pain go, shoulder pain go, knee pain go, in the name of Jesus be healed. And we pronounce healing, and then we have them test them. And they're all healed, except for one which was partially healed, and then we we took authority again and completely healed her. And Praise so they're God. All healed. Wow. Well, yeah. Now, what happens if you're I, praying for someone and um, they've got maybe um, something in there that uh, gave the demons the legal right to come in? Now, uh, let me, let me, I want to ask you a question. Uh, is all infirmity a spirit? Uh, is some spirits and others could just be a result of living in this world? And either way, I know God can heal, but uh, what's been your experience? Okay, uh, I don't want to go too far afield because I want to finish this, but yes, um, there are diseases which are a part of being born into this planet of sin and death, and then there are some diseases that are clearly spiritual, and they can only be resolved in deliverance. And, and, and by the way, as I was going to tell you, is how I got into the, to mass deliverance was we kept having demons being uh, manifesting while we were healing people. Really? But, tell uh, us about and that. This, and, uh, well, let me just finish this real quickly. So in this particular case, I hope case, you got like was, four or five hours because this is going to be a good program, folks. We're just getting started. <laughs> <laughs> Get the know, microphone straight, John. We're enjoying this. Keep going, brother. Okay, so uh, at that point. Um, um, everybody was amazed, right? And so we knew we were going to get a good turnout. But right then, somebody ran from the door of the church. Then there was a scream, and right beside the church, there's a canal. I knew instantly that someone had drowned. And we ran outside, and that little two-year-old child or the guy who opposed us had fallen in the canal and drowned. Oh, my goodness. And so, and so they brought him um, into the church, and everyone's weeping and crying and trying to do CPR. And I got together with our missionaries, and I thought, oh, boy, we're going to raise our first person from the dead right here. We're going to, we, we said we were going to do the Elijah Challenge. We were going to let God challenge and show himself strong. And how can he show himself strong better than raising someone from the dead? So we thought, okay, this is what's going to happen. Wow. Now, what we didn't know was when uh, those people got healed, that that very pastor who'd been opposing us told people it was because of their prayer. It was just delayed a little bit. And it wasn't because of what we did. It was their prayer that healed them. Now, we didn't know any of this. So 
um, eventually we were able to get the crowd to let go of this little boy and lay him the, right there on the on the um, floor right in front of the podium in the church and uh, and then we we tried to heal him and uh, after a few minutes they just grabbed him away from us and they ran off and jumped in a motorcycle headed to the hospital so I and our missionaries went to the hospital and on the way there we talked we thought maybe we went God wants to see him confirm that he's dead by a medical doctor before he's raised and so we uh, we went to the hospital and the doctor just checked him just briefly and said he's been gone for too long his pupils are fixed and dilated there's no way he's going to recover and of course the little boy blue and pale and uh, it's uh, it's it was just it, tragic so traumatic so 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 traumatic and uh, so eventually I asked the doctor I said can we get a separate room to put this boy in and we went to this other room and um, and uh, I finally got the mother to let go of him for a little bit, and we tried to take authority and tried to heal him. The father finally arrived there, too, and then the father uh, tried to mimic us, and uh, and then one of our missionaries said, I have a word from the Lord. He's not going to raise this child. This child is dead. Oh, Jesus. And, uh, and uh, so then we stopped trying. And by the course, by the time we got back to the church with the, the little, little boy's body, um, the much of the church wasn't there, but some of them had stayed, and so they they went in and they went on home, took the boy home, and so many people came up to us uh, right then and there. People came up to us and they said, "Pastor, this has happened because he opposed you." Oh Jesus, have mercy! Now, this is not uh, my words; this is their words. And uh, my missionaries came and told me they said, "You know what? All the people are saying they're saying this is happening because he opposed you." And, you know, we had prayed for God to vindicate us. And, boy, that's a prayer you want to be. Uh, from that time on, I've been very careful about praying that prayer because our God is consuming fire. And sometimes he doesn't just, just you know, smear a little dirt on their face. He really proves, he really vindicates you. And before that evening was over, we went, uh, I went to his house. I actually preached the funeral there. The funeral's run for a week or two. I actually preached the first night funeral at the boy's house. The father couldn't believe it. And, uh... He says, I can't believe you're here. Of course, I was always acting as if I didn't know what he'd been doing and saying about us. And I said, well, why wouldn't I be here? I'm your brother and, and this kind of stuff. But we went back to the uh, church building, and everybody's there. We assumed the training was going to be off now after this trauma. The people are there, and they're all insisting on learning how to heal now. And so we, went back, God, yes. we went back, and before it was over, I think uh, 18 people were healed including one woman who had prayed for three and a half years for her shoulder to be healed, and it was healed the very first time we spoke the command. So all these people have these stories, and, and then some of them ran to get neighbors and bring them there to be healed. So more people were healed. And then we went on, and uh, after using the name of Jesus like that for the healing, we went right back in deliverance, and everyone got set free, set free very quickly. Of course, we had already bound the demons and and uh, I bind them, and I uh, and I force them to fight with each other while they're bound, and and to talk evil against each other. So a lot of times they 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 get enough of that; they're ready to go when we unbind them. And everybody got instant deliverance. And all those young young men um, have testimony. They got up and they give their testimonies before the whole church about how God had healed them. I asked them. I said, Now you guys have been in seminary in this missionary training school now for three years. 
I said, did anybody know you had demons before this? They said, no. I said, did you know you had demons before this? They said, no. I said, what about the pastors you're working for now? Did they know that you had demons before? They said, no. I said, when was the first time you knew you had demons? And they said, when you were when you were beginning to cast them out, we began to manifest. That's the first wow. time we knew. <laughs> That's the now, way it works, guys, folks. Yes. Keep going. So, so had we not been there, these guys would have been pastoring churches by now while demonized. Oh my goodness! And you know what you know what kind of problems are going to come from a man of God that everyone's looking to, who's struggling with lust, struggling with murder, struggling with resentment and bitterness and unforgiveness, and um, and I don't mean struggling in the flesh. I mean struggling demonically against these things. It's uh, it's just going to lead to more and more confusion and more and more problems and the demonization of more people. Well, Carl, if it can happen with uh, Filipino pastors. Can it happen to could it happen and be present in American pastors? You know, the arrogance and pride that I see in <laughs> a lot of my fellow pastors tells me it's already happening. Of course it can. And uh, folks, I'm being sarcastic, you know, but you know, we we know that uh it that's gotta be what it is. We have uh case after case of these uh pastors uh being caught in adultery, a major uh Christian network. They've been up there for years and um Hiding this sin, it came out. They'd been committing adultery. And, you know, instead of going and getting some deliverance, brother, what did they do? They went to Dr. Phil uh, to counsel with him. Come on, folks. The, the problem yeah. is the demons. Let's not be prideful. Let's just admit we've got problems because everybody's got demons, whether they admit it or not. But, the, you know, the desperate get deliverance. And, folks, if we'll admit our problems and seek Jesus Christ, we can be set free. Uh, we we got a uh, a question here from the chat room, uh, okay. Brother Carl. The question is: um, Being overseas like you've been, uh, do you find it easier to do deliverance in the Philippines? And uh, when you come back here to America, uh, do you get many invitations to come and preach about deliverance in American churches? How are you received back here? Uh, no, I don't get many uh, invitations to preach about it, to talk about it. But you know, everywhere we go, we end up doing deliverance. Uh, just <laughs> a couple of days ago, uh, just a couple of days ago, we um, we uh, we uh, we uh, we met a young lady, and the same kind of things. They've been through, you know, drugs and abuse and all kinds of things. So everywhere we go, we run into people who are demonized. Uh, now, we don't get um, a lot of invitations to come and, and preach on the topic here. Uh, you know, it's sort of um, it sort of rocks the boat, and everyone likes to be comfortable, and uh, and uh, and uh, they don't want their boats rocked very much. But I will tell you that everywhere we go, there are people who are demonized. Who are, and, and it's amazing how God just puts us in 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 control with. I mean, in contact with people all over the place. Who are in need of deliverance? Uh, you know, I, I I even told my wife. She goes, I was. Uh, she had already been out uh, in town. She met this young lady uh, in a restaurant, and claiming to be a Christian, and um, and uh, and began to uh, manifest all this demonic kind of stuff. And talking it was clearly demonic. So I'm here at the at the house. My wife runs home, and she says, "Hurry! The Lord's told me you've got to do this." and and you need to get ready, so I'm jumping in the shower and shaving and getting dressed to to run outside to uh, do deliverance uh, on this uh, young lady we're going to take for a car ride. So uh, we see it all over the place. I, I keep telling my wife this is supposed to be my vacation, but there's no vacation in the, in the kingdom of God. It seems like we just go from 
from um, from one person who has difficulty to the next person who have this. And and I will say this: um, we see. It seems to me Filipinos seem to be easier to deliver. They seem to be more open to deliverance. But I will say that uh, oftentimes that. Um, the demons that we see manifest here are much more violent than the demons that we see in the Philippines. Really? Um, yes. I don't know why, but I mean, I've had them slam the table in front of me and, you know, jump in my face several times. If I had been looking, I just happened to be looking down at the moment. It probably would have scared me for a second. <laughs> but because I, because I missed it, I didn't, but I do have it on camera. So, yeah, they do a lot of threatening gestures, scratching, you know, across the table and clawing and growling. So oh. it seems like we get a, we get a lot more um, violent sort of manifestations here. And it could be just a cultural thing. You know, Philippines, even uh, Filipinos hide their anger. They, sh- they save faith. They don't really show their anger like Americans do. Americans are more uh, outward, uh, uh, um, you know, we're, we're more assertive and things like that. So... Perhaps um, that's part of it. Maybe we have uh, maybe different kinds of uh, demonic activity here than there. But uh, we see it everywhere. We don't get a lot of invitations about it. In fact, people kind of look at it a little bit strange, and so we do it as low-key as we can. Um, But we run into it everywhere. Um, uh, In fact, almost no place we go, we don't run into somebody who needs deliverance, who God somehow puts us together with them. Praise God. Folks, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Pastor Carl Henderson. Uh, Brother Carl, give out your contact information for those who are just tuning in. How can they reach you um, and uh, get in touch with the ministry? Okay. If you want to email us, it's at at, uh, C. Henderson, C as in Carl, Henderson, number 5, at yahoo.com. We've been trying to get PayPal set up today and having a lot of difficulty. Can't get it. Um, so, um, if you want to make a contribution to us, you you can uh, contribute to C10, C-T-E-N.org. You can look up that website. You can give to the address there. Just put our name on it so that it goes to us. There's other missionaries represented by C10. C10 is commissioned to every nation. Uh, C-E-N.org. Uh, um or you can uh, talk with me on Facebook, and we can work something out through Western Union or something like that if you want to contribute to us. But uh, I'm interested in talking with anybody who has questions. Um, you have to just realize that sometimes I'm I'm busy, so you may have a, a delay even as much as a week or so before I get to you. And a lot of times when we're on outreaches, there is no Internet. And uh, when we're not doing deliverance and healing and preaching the Gospels, I'm probably trying to get a little siesta in or trying to recover. So, But we will get back to you with anyone who gets a hold of us and wants to talk to us. Amen. And, uh, folks, uh, I'm, I'm having a great time in the Lord tonight, brother. And, listen, you're going to have to come on over here every week. I'll give you a permanent uh, slot, and you can preach. Uh, I'm enjoying this. Uh, do you have time to stay for a second hour? Yes, I do. And I actually Please wanted not. to share something with you during that Amen. Time. Amen. And, folks, um, what we want to do is uh, we want to take just a maybe a five-minute break and allow everybody to refuel, some coffee, hit the bathroom, and then we're going to bring uh, Pastor Carl back on, give him the microphone. And if uh, time permits and he's available, we'll even open up the lines. Uh, brother, we're getting requests. People want prayer tonight. So, folks, we're, we're, we're honored to be here, and uh, that's what this program is all about. So uh, it's not too late, folks, to tell your friends to tune in. Uh, I want to shout out to everybody in the chat room. I see we've got... A full chat room. I've got uh, people 
uh, just listening on the road, on the telephone as well. So um, glad to see everybody tuning in tonight, and uh, we'll be back in about five minutes with Pastor Carl Henderson. Do you listen to other radio programs and then say, where's the beef? Tune in each day to Omega Man Radio, the show that will put meat on your spirit man's bones. Hear the word of God Almighty from Numbers, chapter 33, verse 50. And Yahweh spake unto Moses in the plains of Moab by Jordan, near Jericho, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When ye are passed over Jordan into the land of Canaan, then ye shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land from before you, and destroy all their pictures, and destroy all their molten images, and quite pluck down all their high places. And ye shall dispossess the inhabitants of the land, and dwell therein, for I have given you the land to possess it. Is declaring all out war on all witches, warlocks, and the hosts of hell. Our mandate is clear. We will not fail. Join with us in the fight and spread the word about Omega Man Radio. Our mission is to invade enemy territory and possess the land, healing the sick, and setting the captives free of demons in Jesus' name. Tune in each night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific at OmegaManRadio.com. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, we can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening, you're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. tonight. My special honor and privilege to have Pastor Carl Henderson on tonight, missionary to the Philippines. He's with the Mission of Reconciliation. His uh, email address is C, as in Charlie, Henderson, the number five at yahoo.com. Official ministry website is 
www.c10, that's Charlie Tango Echo November.org. You can also catch him up on Facebook. And uh, I would encourage everyone to uh, pass the MP3 of tonight's show to everyone you know. And everybody should uh, get behind Pastor Carl and get involved in this uh, end-time deliverance ministry. They need your help to do the work of the Lord in the Philippines and here in the United States and other places that the Lord sends them. And I couldn't uh, tell you a greater ministry to get behind because they're doing the work of the Lord, which is preaching the gospel, casting out demons, and laying hands on the sick, commanding healing in Jesus' name. So we're going to get Pastor Carl back on. Stand by. All right, Pastor Carl, I have you back. Praise God. Good to Amen. be back. Amen. And, and for the new people out there, uh, we do this program every night, 8 p.m. Eastern Time and at 11. And you know, Pastor Carl, I typically go three hours, and we can even go into a fourth hour. <laughs> so we'll take you as long as we can get you tonight, brother. I just say uh, thank you very much for coming on. The microphone is yours, brother. Well, praise God. I wanted to share with you how we got into deliverance ministry. Um, we have been... Uh, we, when we first came to the Philippines, we, we planned on, on preaching repentance. And uh, we had already been trained in the Elijah Challenge by uh, William Lau, who's, who uh, teaches that. And, uh, and I had healed my mother when she was on her deathbed. She hadn't eaten solid food in, I think, uh, six weeks, hadn't been out of bed in uh, eight or nine weeks before that, hadn't walked. And uh, by the grace of God, we... Uh, she, uh, she was, I think she was the first person that we healed. It took about 30 minutes of work with her, and she was up and walking around and eating solid food. In fact, she sat down in the kitchen, and the first thing she said was, uh, you know, I want to eat some real food for a change. She started eating all these uh, liquid foods that they had been given to her. And uh, so, um, so we went to the Philippines, and we were working with another mission agency, and they needed someone to preach, and of course that's me. I, I can't wait to preach. I want to preach all the time, and and uh, and God was giving me just sermons back to back there. All the years of of uh, working with, for the Lord was really paying off as we began ministry there. And and when we were going to do this crusade, one of the people organizing the crusade said he um, would go on at the at the crusade. So the director says, "What are we going to do?" It says healing. It says we're going to do the crusade and healing. So I told them, I said, well, I can do that. They said, you can do that? And I said, yeah, I can do that. So long story short, we were working in a section of um, the, um, of Manila called Baseco, where the it's such a violent area that even the police won't go in there. In fact, the new mayor, when he took over, he wanted the military to go in um, because it was too dangerous for his police. But we came and go there all hours of the day and night, no problem. Are you still there? Yes, sir, absolutely. I'm uh, I'm listening and um, I'm excited, and I want to I want to tell you. Uh, people are asking, how can we learn to do healing the way you've been talking? That uh, they did it in the Word of God. So I, I was just mentioning to folks that uh, we're going to have you do a whole Elijah challenge training. Sounds like before it's over with. <laughs> well, thank God. Uh, we'll talk about that for a minute too. So yeah, the, the concept behind. Okay, are we there still? So yes, the, sir. The concept of the Elijah challenge healing is that uh, there's two ways that people can be healed, according to the New Testament. The first one is if you have the gift of healing. And uh, that's like many spiritual gifts, uh, only a few people have. And it doesn't always um, manifest. As, you know, Sometimes the, the gift of healing manifests, and sometimes it doesn't, even in those who do have it. But the second way is the apostles healed. The apostles were healing for three and a half years. 
before uh, the Holy Spirit fell, and the gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift of healing, was given uh, after Pentecost. So they were healing for three and a half years. So how were they healing? They were healing in the power and the authority of Jesus' name. And to heal in the power and the authority of Jesus' name, there were just several components that were involved. And number one was speaking the command with authority, and then secondly, laying hands on the person. It's very interesting how this came about as a the founder of the United Challenge team was William Lau, was a missionary to Borneo, and uh, he went to Borneo with uh, no training. He'd been a scientist. He was um, um, working on his Ph.D. in New York City. He got born again, so he went to Bible college in Cal- California, and he couldn't couldn't stand it. It was being taught so slow, and uh, the mediocrity was there. So he left for um, the, um, for Indonesia as a missionary. His uh, wife was from Indonesia. They're both Chinese by descent, but he's an American. She's Chinese from Indonesia. So um, she saw her American dream disappearing as they went back to Indonesia, and um, nobody wanted him because he didn't have any training, any background. And and finally they found out about um, a woman from a particular denomination, I won't name the denomination, who was the last missionary at this place, and she was being driven out by the witch doctors. Amazing. And they asked, yes. and they and yeah, so they asked, "Would you come in here?" So nobody wanted him. So he said, "Yes, we'll go there." So when they uh, when they pulled up in their banca, their uh, their dugout canoe, the woman just gave them the keys and got in the boat and said, "You can have it." And then said, "Let's go." And left. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so so um, that that missionary left without even telling them what house they had to go to the villagers and ask around to find out which house was their house where the keys fit. Oh my goodness! So once. But once they got there, now why, why, the, why the woman left? There was demonic activity. The witch doctors had been coming against the missionaries there. They'd driven out. She was the last of five that had been driven out. And, uh, of course, if you don't know how to use God's power, his authority, you, um, you, you, you cannot come against the darkness. So what um, William uh, Lau did, he's a scientist. So the first night they're in the house, they hear all this banging on the walls. They hear people walking on the roof. He goes outside. There's nobody on the roof. They hear noises, things moving around inside the house, oh. and so they pray, and by the grace of God, it stops. So the next day, everybody comes to him and tells him, they said, you know, no missionary has ever stayed here more than four months, and so we're waiting to see how long it's going to take before you leave. And uh, his wife was thinking, I'm ready to go now. <laughs> so, he, so, so he got out, he, being a scientist, he got out his Bible and he just went through the Gospels and he said, he formed a, he put together a chart, you know, what happens when they run into demons, what did Jesus do, what, uh, what, uh, what did he say, did he do, and then what occurred. And so he, he realized um, that if, if he used the name of Jesus and he came in the power and authority of Jesus' name, that um, he could turn these things out. So he came against the witch doctors, he came against the demonic manifestations, and everything broke off and left and ended. And once he drove, the, he began to to, um, to uh, confront the witch doctors in the name of Jesus, he drove all the witch doctors out of the village. So then the people came to him and they said, uh, we don't have anyone to take care of us when we're sick now. You drove out all the witch doctors. What are all these sick people? So he said, well, give me some time. He went back to the, his house, got out his paper and pen, and wrote another flow chart. Uh, about what did Jesus do when people needed to be healed? What did he say? What did he do? What did the apostles say? What did they do? And how did people get healed? And so he realized if you use the name of Jesus, very similar to what we do when we cast out demons, and you speak with authority and you lay hand on the afflicted area and you believe, 
and they can be healed and begin to, they begin to flow in the miraculous. And long story short, he spent about nine years in in uh, Indonesia and Borneo, and where the Muslims finally drove him out, got his papers revoked, so he couldn't stay in the country anymore. Many signs and wonders and miracles, and many people delivered. And uh, oh my goodness, and, uh, you said Borneo—that's uh, like headhunter country over there, isn't it? Yeah, in some parts it is, but I think mostly where he was, uh, it wasn't so much that. It was a lot of there were logging communities up around uh, logging in the interior. And, uh, and so and he started dozens of churches. He came back to the States, um, still still naive, because remember, when he left, he was a new Christian, having been a Christian for not quite a year. In fact, he says he went to the mission field. He had not read the Bible through completely yet. You but know what? He, 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 he said, I'm going to get and do something, because probably by the time I get out of Bible school, the Lord will come back. He was, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what he did, and and he and also he thought that everything was being taught. Being a, being a scientist and having a sharp mind, he thought that this mediocrity in the Bible school was just driving him crazy. So, uh, so he assumed when he got back to America that everybody was doing what he was doing, and uh, when he came back, he found out nobody was doing it. He found out nobody understood how to use the power and the authority of Jesus' name. Well, so that's uh, that's sad, but that's he, true. And he began to teach it, and and he lived in Houston, Texas, and through a series of uh, of interventions by God, I met him. I attended two or three of his trainings, and I thought this is going to be a great thing to have when I get to into the mission field. Uh, I had been in uh, to try to shorten this, this story up, but I had been uh, in ministry since 1989. I wanted to leave to go to a seminary and. Bible college and uh, and the elders in my church told me if I wanted to preach um, that I should stay and preach, and that they would put the word out and I would have plenty of preaching opportunities. And sure enough, I preached for about four months straight with my four sermons, and uh, and eventually a church asked me to be their pastor. And the elders of the church I had asked earlier if they would support me to go to seminary, and they said no, but we'll give you a chance to preach, and we think you should stay. And uh, if God wants you to preach, you'll get an opportunity. to Preach with us, and uh, when the when the uh, and you should redeem the time, learn and study what you can. And because you were, at that time I was in the United States Border Patrol, they said you're going to have an early retirement because of law enforcement, and you're going to be in a better position than many pastors, and you're and it's going to be an excellent opportunity for you. So you should stay, and we'll give you a chance to preach, which really made me quite angry because I I really thought I needed to go to Bible college. And one of the elders was a former professor, so he kept me in materials and coaching me. And and uh, four months later, a church offers me the job as a pastor. So I started pastoring in 1989, um, which sort of surprised me, and uh, pastored uh, three different places along the way. And uh, I, I began to realize that really my calling was to missions, not so much pastoring. And But it was a tremendous tool that God used to equip me with pastoring in those churches, uh, being involved in a lot of evangelism in the States. And, and that's how I met William Lau and the Elijah Challenge. And you can find out a lot more about the Elijah Challenge at ElijahChallenge.org. ElijahChallenge.org. Great ministry. Also, yes. Give out yes. the information. He, yes. And uh, he teaches people how to heal. And I've uh, once he taught me, I haven't stopped. Um so we were doing uh, healing all over the Philippines. Um, by the way, I wanted to tell you about our very first healing, which really surprised oh, yes. uh, everyone, including me. Um, we had um, an, an elderly man who had a stroke, and so he was paralyzed on one side of his body, could hardly walk with the help of his wife, couldn't really stand, had to sit. 
And so we took authority over it and we commanded healing. Now, this was for, uh, one of the first miracles we did in the Philippines. We took authority and I told him, I said, start moving your hand. Well, of course, when you have a stroke, you can only move it about half an inch, quarter of an inch, flexing your fingers. And all of a sudden, they went open. And then he, his face got big and shocked and he showed it to his wife. And then I saw him, move your arm. So he started moving his arm. And instead of uh, moving it back and forth like curling like I wanted, he started raising it over his head. God. Then he hit his leg and he said, and he pointed to his leg, something's happened. I said, March, start walking with his paralyzed leg. Well, in just a, a, a minute or two, he was completely healed. Praise so God. The, the, translator, the translator was there. I said, find out what his name is because we always have when someone's healed, give their testimony. Now, you need to understand that most healing that occurred in the Bible and most of the healing we do is so that the lost can see and believe that Jesus is real, showing that we're coming in power and not just with persuasive words. And uh, so um, we, uh, we, I told the interpreter, I said, find out what his name is. And so she said, what's your name? And he, he turns to her and he says, I can't talk, I've had a stroke. And she says, you're talking right now. He says, oh, I can talk too. <laughs> and, and so, and then we had another young boy that was brought there by his friends. And they, they brought this boy to us, and uh, and he had this panicky look on his face, and he was shaking his head, no, no, no. And I told the translator, I said, if he doesn't be healed, he's not going to be healed. You can't heal someone against their will. And uh, and uh, she says, hold on a second, hold on. She goes, she goes, no, he's deaf and dumb, and he doesn't know what's going on. His friends are forcing him to be here. And I said, oh, so he did, he's just afraid because he didn't know what's going on. She goes, yes. So we took authority, and the first thing he could do was hear. And once he can hear Praise music, God. Seen this, uh, once they, we can once they can hear music, that's it. They don't even want to listen to you talk. They're trying to shut you up so they can listen to the guitars playing in the background. And <laughs> we took authority a couple more times, and uh, his ears were ears were completely open. His voice was open. And let me tell you, this kid had no schooling, no training at all. He's speaking his own language. And shortly before it ended, he was speaking to me in English. Now he he's had no schooling or training, and now he's speaking two languages. Before wow. we leave there, and the funny part was, we asked him, "Is so his name?" And he told us he doesn't know. He's never heard his name. He was born deaf. Oh my goodness! So all his God, friends are even teasing him because they know his name and he doesn't know his own name. <laughs> so that was our that was uh, that was a couple of the bigger miracles. There was uh, I think fourteen people healed that night, and that was the start as God really showed us what He wanted to do with it, with His with ministry. So. We've been teaching people to heal and healing the sick and preaching repentance and teaching people how to do evangelism. And we ended up in uh, Surigao. And with your, um, with your, you know, Richard Keltner actually sponsored us to do a, yes. to do a crusade down there with Watchman Radio. Yeah. And uh, while, while we were down there, and this one was the biggest number of people we've ever had healing. We had 63 people healed that day. Um, some dramatic healing, some deaf and dumb girls speaking. Uh, we had um, uh, some some uh, some uh, diabetic uh, holes in the feet and and that were healed that filled in. We had uh, all kinds of uh, just amazing miracles. Uh, frankly, we've seen so many miracles I can't even keep them straight in my head anymore. But we've seen everything from breast cancer soften and go away to tumors uh, at the side of the head go away, dramatic things, goiters. Uh, uh, a lot of I think about seven deaf and dumb people healed now in the last few years. Oh, and, praise uh, God! So while we were in uh, Surigao, uh, we were we were beginning to, and every now and again somebody would manifest a demon, and so um, all of a, a woman falls to the ground manifesting a demon, 
And uh, this uh, woman was the, our cook. She was the one who had been cooking and providing for us while we were staying there. Uh, when we go into some place, we, um, we, we tell them we provide free training. We'll get there free, but you've got to give us meals, food to eat, and a place to stay while we're there. So we were staying in her house, and she was the cook. And uh, she didn't, does not speak English at all. And in fact, she speaks uh, Chapa Kenya, which is kind of a kind of a pidgin Spanish, and I speak Spanish, so I could speak to her in Spanish some. But she, even our missionaries couldn't speak to her in Tagalog. She spoke the local languages. In the Philippines, there's 72 dialects. So oh my you don't goodness. have to travel very yeah. You don't have to travel very far to run into somebody you can't talk to. So you got and, to, um, Tagalog and what? What do you call that? Chipaquitic? Chipaquino. <laughs> And there's there's so so many different languages all over the Philippines. Uh, wow. So so even our missionaries couldn't talk directly to her and she didn't speak English. So all of a sudden the woman screams, falls to the ground, manifesting this demon. So I come over and I rebuke the demon and the demon shouts at me in English and says, No, I'm going to kill this woman. I hate her. My goodness. So, so there's a little revelation. She doesn't speak English, but the demon does. So uh, we have a confrontation with this demon, and um, it usually happened. We, uh, we we go and go and go, and she seems to get relief and seemed like uh, we, we cleared it up. In fact, uh, within about half an hour, 45 minutes, she's up and even give a testimony. There was a, even a change in her um, in her in her face. Her her countenance changed, which is not uncommon. We've seen a lot of women who were. You know, just plain women that once that once the demons were out actually turned out to be very attractive women, but the the contorted face that the demon was giving them kept that from oh, oh my so, goodness! Uh, so they actually manifest in the faces, and uh, after a while, do you start to be able to uh, see people that are demonized by just looking at the faces? Sometimes, um, I I can't. Sometimes I think so, um, but the, uh, the way I can really tell is the before and after. Uh, but I can actually, oftentimes, okay. I can tell when I'm looking at the demon, when I'm looking at the person. The, I mean, the, I, through the eyes. The eyes are very different when they're when it's and when it's a human. I don't know. It, it, you do deliverance. You just get more discernment. I can sometimes. I don't even have to call up the demon or anything. I know I'm talking to the demon now. Now I know I'm talking to the person. Wow. I mean, uh, I I've I, seen um, a demon face to face, and I saw these eyes that looked like a serpent's eyes. Um, yes. They're so intense and so evil. and uh, But anyway, let me just finish this story. So yes. this woman falls to the ground. She gets up, appears to be delivered. And uh, we feel like it's before the day is over, 63 people healed. That's the most, once before we had 34 Please, people. God. We've never had anything like this. And uh, and another woman manifests a demon, and that woman also seems to be um, delivered. And so we we leave there. And we're gone about a week, and then we find out this woman is in the hospital, and her lungs are full of fluids. She has high blood pressure, heart disease. She's had stroke symptoms. And she has about five or six ways that she's attacked. And the minute I heard the story, I thought, this is demonic, and this is exactly what the demon said he was going to do. So we thought we had got deliverance, but I knew something wasn't right. Um, and what I, what I learned... Um, from this, because she spent almost a week in the Hey, folks, uh, this is a live program. Uh, we just lost Pastor Carl. We're going to dial him back, praise God. 
If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Omega Man Radio. You stand by here again, folks, and we're going to uh, dial him back. This is a live program. Man, what an exciting show tonight. This is what a testimony. I love stories, as I know you do, and especially for uh, deliverance stories and uh, updates from the mission field. This is wild. Uh, this is Pastor Carl Henderson. We've got his contact information up in the show notes. Stand the by as we bring it back on. Call is unavailable either because the phone is off or is outside. Stand by, folks. Uh, we're going to get him back on. Um, he is on a cell phone here in America, and I just hope I haven't run down his battery tonight. You know how I like to talk and do these long programs, but praise God, we're going to get him back on. Y'all stand by. Um, we're doing this nightly program now at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, I'm excited about this new venue. Uh, it's uh, early, still out there on the West Coast, 8 p.m. out there for you out there in L.A. And um, I praise God for this opportunity to do a second program. Uh, we do uh, the nightly program at 8. Now we're going to try to do as many of these late-night shows as we can. And uh, just excited about some opportunities to, to get some additional speakers on and just to bombard the airwaves and information that you can use. In fact, we've got to get him to do a full Elijah Challenge training. And um, I want to thank um, my brother Zoe out there, who is uh, tuning in tonight, for uh, introducing everybody concerned uh, to uh, Pastor Carl. Uh, I know it was Zoe who told uh, Rich Keltner about uh, Brother Carl. Rich told me about Brother Carl, and here he is tonight. That's how it works, folks. Uh, networking out there. And, of course, we're going to get uh, Pastor uh, William Lyle back on the program also. We're long overdue to get him back on, do some more teaching. And uh, a lot of great things ahead. Let's uh, let's dial. Here we go. Stand by. All right, folks. All right, folks, I'm back with you. Stand by. To talk with Omega Man, dial area code 917-889-2745 and press option 1 on your phone. To listen live to Omega Man Radio from your cell phone, dial 917-889-2745. Okay, folks, we're, we're back. Stand by. We're dialing Pastor Carl. This is a live show tonight. Stand by. Okay, I'm here. 
Okay, I'm back with you. We had a little bit of technical difficulty. Uh, this is a live show, and you know what? I don't apologize for it. This is a great program tonight. Keep on going, brother. The microphone is yours. <laughs> well, uh, the long story short was this woman manifested that demon that we thought we had delivered her from, and that started me searching, and I've come across a lot of the Win Worley material and Pastor Joseph Jasinski's material and a lot of other things that uh, uh, Richard uh, Keltner also put me in contact with things, and yes. I started to search, and I, and I began to realize that although we had been doing deliverance on people, uh, it, it, almost in a secondary way, because we were mostly t- attempting to heal people, uh, not attempting, but, you know, it's, frankly, when we're healing, um, it's um, about 90%. Sometimes we go for weeks with everyone being healed. But um, we um, we realized that we weren't getting complete deliverance, and that's when I began reading and interrogating demons and trying to do things from a little different perspective, and we learned to do mass deliverance, and uh, that was uh, life-changing for our ministry. And uh, that's when we began to confront demons head-to-head. We, uh, you know, listened to them threaten us, and uh, and we came against them and bound them, and we really went into deliverance ministry going to war with them head-to-head. And um, one of the things I wanted to share with your people, sometimes I'm going to share this because I've heard all these questions from Filipinos, and I assume Americans are not that different than Filipinos, Um Sometimes other Christians say to me they're afraid to do deliverance for fear the the demons will get into them, sort of the seven sons of Sceva type sure. of complex. And what I tell people is uh, we've never seen that happen once, and it doesn't happen. The reason the seven sons of Sceva were vulnerable was because they didn't come in the name and the authority of Jesus Christ. They just tried to use the name. And, you know, and the name is not a magic incantation. It's not... Uh, it's not magic. It it has power for those who believe and have faith. And and it does seem from the scriptures, it seems there are some people who can cast out demons and heal, and uh, and Jesus will say, I never even knew you. So you can apparently even, in some cases, use God's name and his power uh, and not even belong to him. However, um, we have never seen that. In fact, uh, we always um, bind the demons. We always, uh, most of my um, mission team in the last year or two, has been uh, females. Almost all of our missionaries are um, um, small females, so they're not much good in a fight with a demon anyway, and I don't really want to fight demons. So we bind the demons. We've never had any transference. We prohibit that right to start with, right from the very beginning. So that's one thing I just wanted to share with people. Sometimes they're afraid because they think something like that will happen. Um, Okay, that's a good uh, point Um, we can glean from tonight, folks. So when you're praying... Would you say, Pastor Carl, bind the strong man in the person and then forbid any transference of spirits between anyone involved? Yes, yes. We, we immediately say that we're going to forbid all transference of spirits. You cannot move from one person to another okay. person. And then right. we forbid spirits from communicating with each other. Okay. And we forbid spirits in the area from assisting the territorial spirits, from assisting with those who are coming under attack. So we cut off all of their their grounds of support before we come at them, and we cut off their escape routes. And the other thing we always do is we prohibit them from attacking or touching anyone involved in the deliverance. Okay. And so I've had them uh, even run right up to us, and they stop as if there's an invisible force field about 12 inches away, and they just they just sit there and sit there and look at it like as if they want to come to do more. And then we say, sit down. In the name of Jesus, I command you, and they just go and sit down. Praise so God, we've seen because this, um, we've signed, they, we, 
Go ahead. Go ahead. So we, what we do is we bind them right at the very beginning because I don't have a lot of big, strong guys to wrestle these demons, and we've never had them come against us. We've had them bluff. We've had them stand up. We've had them, uh, you know, try to scare, but we just command them to step back down and to shut up, and, and we're not afraid of them. And, then, and, uh, and by the way, this is another thing that um, most believers are afraid of deliverance because of their own fear. But let me tell you, you have nothing to fear. Um, the demons are terrorized of you. They are frightened of you. As I talked about earlier in this night when the demons were asking this, this girl, who, who, are, who is this guy? Where does he come from? How does he know this? How, how can he do this? How does he know this? Where is this guy from? Who is he? Who is he? They keep asking again. They are the ones who are in fear. They are the ones who are terrified. And uh, they bluff and they bluster and they put on shows, but they're powerless. And that's the thing you need to realize. If you come in the name of the Lord, you come with all authority and all power, and all they have is uh, gamesmanship. As they try to, uh, they you know they'll try to trash talk and they'll try to bluff and laugh. In fact, I actually enjoy when they laugh. Uh, they'll laugh at you and mock you. And what that really tells me is they're under a lot of stress. When I see them, when I see them laughing at me or smirking, a lot of times I'm. Uh, I am trying to get a demon, a demon to manifest, trying to get him to speak to me, trying to get him to do things. And then when the when the person will manifest the demon, sometimes they'll smirk with their lip or roll their eyes or act like I'm stupid. Then sure. I go, yes, I know, I know he's there. I got him. Now I know what I'm dealing with. And so that that for me, those are all confirmations of what's going on. So the, uh, some people think, well, you know, I don't like when they. When they laugh, oh, I I like it because I know they're there, and I know Amen. I know I know when when somebody's laughing or bluffing or rolling their eyes, just like human beings. I guess maybe from being in law enforcement for 27 years, and um, uh, I, I recognize this stuff. It's the same kind of thing we see on the street. The guy who's who's really losing is the guy who will who will fight hardest to present the image that he's not losing. And so when I see that kind of stuff, I recognize it. And for me, it's very encouraging. Um, I wanted to say one other thing. Sometimes people think, I can't do deliverance because I'm not sure that I myself have been delivered. And I wanted to uh, confirm, they probably do need deliverance also. Uh, I, when I'm doing deliverance, it is very unusual that I don't pass demons to while I'm doing it. I'll normally have these belches that come out of nowhere, to, you know, three or four. Every time I do deliverance on somebody else, I pass one or two, too. When you start driving them out, you drive them out of everywhere that's within earshot. And it's not uncommon for our deliverance workers. We used to have some deliverance workers who uh, who uh, would manifest demons right at the beginning and then uh, settle down and then get up and help us do deliverance on everybody else. So that's not a big thing either, Okay. So not worry about that. So that's one more thing. And may I, I just want to... Um, well, then listen, I, I'm, learn, I'm sitting here learning and taking notes. Uh, I'm enjoying. You take all the time uh, that you would like because I'm enjoying this program. I'm learning and so are the people. I'm going to mark this Thanks as a God. favorite broadcast tonight, folks. I'm just excited what we're hearing tonight. Uh, keep on teaching, brother. Praise God. Well, another thing that we've seen is, um, um, as I said, we've seen some of our people manifest demons and go on later to help other people. Now, I want to tell you, two. there are many areas, and Wynn Worley and other people certainly know more than me. I'm still learning in the process. But I want to tell you two things that we have learned that always give 
the devil a stronghold in your life, whether you're a believer or unbeliever. But, of course, we're talking about believers. We don't want to deliver unbelievers so they get seven more demons uh, who come in afterwards. Um, But what we have seen is there's two major areas. Uh, First of all, in all Christians, this will be the third area, actually. In all Christians, there's a big struggle with resentment and bitterness. They're angry at other Christians, they're angry at their pastors, they're angry at their churches, they're angry at people in church. So resentment and bitterness is a big one in the church. Uh, in fact, it's before I do the, oftentimes before I even start the renunciations, I'll make people pray a prayer of forgiveness for people who offended them in the church. And uh, we've seen people manifest just when you're doing that. That by itself will, will bring them, get them manifesting. Um, so that's number one. Number two, um, the two main grounds that people have that give demons power and authority in life is, one, secrets you keep. If you were um, molested as a child, if you stole something or committed some crime or you did something evil that you think you cannot be forgiven for, that secret gives the demons great power in your life. Okay. Through that, through that secret... Um, they blackmail you spiritually. And what they do is, the devil, of course, knows you did it. And God knows you did it. But your fear of men keeps you from confessing it. And so your, your uh, unwilling to, unwillingness to confess it allows them a stronghold, a foothold in your life. And from that stronghold, they can build on it and bring in more and more demons until your life is really uh, destroyed through this. Uh, it can be... Um, homosexual acts that you did in secret. It can be uh, any number of secrets that really equip the devil. And I'm going to come back to this in just a second. And then the second thing that we see that really keeps people bound is the lies they believe. If you believe you're no good, if you believe you're never going to amount to anything because you were cursed as a child being told that, if you believe there's no way you can be set free, if you believe there's no hope for you, if you believe these lies from the devil, they become self-fulfilling prophecies. Uh, you know, Jesus oftentimes told people, according to your faith, be it unto you. If you have faith, you can be healed. If you don't, you can't be. If you have faith, you can be delivered. But if you don't, you can't. Um, so um, any lies that you believe that make you um, powerless, if you think this won't work, it won't work. I assure you it won't work. By the way, we've seen this with healings. We've seen people who, religious people who say, I don't believe this is going to work. Well, guess what? It doesn't work. But the person right next to them believes it does and gets healed. So so if you believe a lie, Satan has a stronghold in your life. If you keep a secret, Satan has a stronghold in your life. I want to tell just a brief story about one of our young um, missionaries. We had a, a young lady uh, with us who was a missionary evangelist that we trained up. And after she was with us for a short period of time, she got an opportunity to travel with um, a Korean um, missionary organization to go to Thailand. And um, she really wanted to go to another country and do missions. We had already equipped her some. And um, so uh, after I investigated the organization and stuff, I felt comfortable with releasing her to go with them. So she went to Thailand for six months. But before she left, God gave me a very strong prophecy for her. And uh, the prophecy was that this trip is not going to be what you think it is. It's going to be one of the worst things that ever happened in your life. But in the end, you will never regret having done it. 
That's what I. Oh said. my goodness! Wow. And so, that's not exactly you know that's not exactly have a bon voyage, have a nice trip kind of a messy. <laughs> But but it was a word from the Lord, and yes. so she went there, and it turned out that uh, uh, these uh, Korean missionaries who were using her um, really, um, basically, they limited her, wouldn't allow her to preach the gospel. I, I believe she was probably better equipped than them, because they had the, the seminary training. They wouldn't allow her to do anything, because she'd only had the missionary training with us. And um, then they tried to use her just to teach their children English, basically kind of made her a handmaid. And they refuse to watch over her the way you should. If you have some young single female missionaries or any female missionary or any young people with you, and they're working for your mission organization, you have a responsibility to care for them and watch over them and make sure nothing nothing happens to them. And they would send her to Laos to go get her visa by herself. Oh, my goodness. You mean Laos as in... uh, The the next country. Near uh, Cambodia. Oh, my goodness. That's a dangerous place over there, isn't it? (laughs) <laughs> yes. Oh, it's a it's a very dangerous place for a female. Um, pro- probably dangerous place for anybody alone. Almost, uh, you know, many places even in America are not wise to go to alone. And they would send her to these places. And so, here's the story she told uh, when she come back. When she came back, um, something was very definitely wrong with her, and I could tell it. And uh, and I said, what happened? Where have you been? What's going on here? And she said, everything you prophesied is true. And I said, oh, no. I said, what happened? And she says, well, she says, some things I need to talk to you alone. So uh, within a day or so, I got alone. We sat and and, um, and talked about it. She told me what happened. They sent her to get her visa in Laos. And uh, when she went there, she had to rent a motorcycle ride. And when she got on the motorcycle, the guy kidnapped her. Oh, no. And then took her off and tried to sell her into sexual slavery. But Good she grief. tells the story that that after um, uh, he was trying to call his phone to sell her to other people, he couldn't get reception. She's praying. She's calling out to God. Finally, he just got mad, put her on the back of the motorcycle, and dropped her, took her to the border and dropped her off. So we thought, oh, what a wonderful story of the of the power of God, that nothing happened because he couldn't get through on the phone. And uh, then she told another story that somebody had had uh, picked her up, somebody who could speak English, and it was an Englishman who came by in a vehicle, and he had a, a towel wrapped around his hand, soaked in blood, and he told oh. her, he said, how do I get to the hospital from here? And so she she's trying to explain to him how to go, and finally he says, well, listen, can you just jump in and just direct me there? I, I don't understand. So she jumped in the, the front of his car, locked the doors, he threw the towel on the floor, pulled it, a gun or knife, and uh, molested her. Oh, and no. Kept God, her for, and, kept, and kept her for a few hours, and then wow. with her praying praying and begging, he released her, and she got home. So that's the story she told me. Oh, my goodness. Every, so there's horrible, horrible, horrible experiences, right? And uh, But, you know, the way she told the story, God intervened, and uh, and uh, so almost everything that I said was um, was came true. But every time we started to to do deliverance, she would manifest. And she would manifest like some of the worst people there. She would be vomiting and vomiting. And sometimes she'd spend the first 30 minutes vomiting herself, and then it would settle down. And then she would get up and then go and help do deliverance with the other people for the next couple of hours. And we saw this happen repeatedly. And I told her, I said, before we did deliverance, we often fast and pray. We often meet together and 
you know, confess our sins and get right with God, make sure that there's nothing there that's going to hinder people being healed or hinder people from being delivered. And uh, so um, we did this every time, and yet she would continue to manifest. But, you know, we all pass, as uh, one of your earlier speakers said, you know, we all have um, some residual demonic activity and, and spirits in our lives. So yes. it, we didn't we didn't see it as too big of a deal, but we were doing a deliverance right in our hometown in Baguio City, and all of a sudden she jumped up screaming and manifesting, and uh, uh, a man tried to to uh, uh, help her, and she actually broke his glasses until we bound her so that she wouldn't come near, and then she would reach right up like she was going to scratch his face, and and then just stop six inches away and just couldn't go through that field there that God put there once we. Uh, didn't allow her to touch the Lord's anointed. Yes, and uh, which is an important thing to say whenever you start that you that the, you will not touch the Lord's anointed. Those involved in deliverance will not be touched or hurt in any way. Okay, and uh, so um, she was manifesting and manifesting, and of course I was with other people, and and we had some people from our church who were manifesting, and uh, a lot of strangers, and in fact it was mostly pastors. We had pastors all over the place manifesting. Um, and uh, so I was sort of busy in somewhere else, and finally someone sent me a message, and they said, could you go back there and talk to her? And I said, well, someone's already working with her. And they said, she's asking for you, Pastor. So I went back to where she was, and she's sitting there. She's exhausted. Her hair is soaking wet from sweat, and she's been vomiting and screaming and spending, expending all this energy fighting and resisting. And, uh, and I sat down next to her, and she just turned to me, and she whispers very quietly in my ear. She says, Pastor, can I trust you? And I tell her, I said, yes, you know you can trust you trust me. I said, you've always been able to trust me. I said, and she said, I have something to tell you. And I said, well, tell me what it is. Tell me what it is. You're, you're okay with me. I'll take care of you. And then she told me the truth. The rest of oh. the story was, in both instances, she had been raped. God have mercy. So she had been raped during both incidents, and that secret kept her bound. Oh, and I God told her, her, I told her, I said, "Listen, I still love you. The Lord still loves you. Christ died for you to set you free from this. You can be free now." And then I told this demon, I said, "You lying spirit! You, the spirit that told her no one would want her, or no one would like her, no one would care for her, no one would believe her. Once this came out, you lying spirit, come out now and go in Jesus' name." The spirit just left it went a big, giant belch. Her face just lit up, and she just turned towards the sky and raised her hand and says, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. And Praise she was Jesus. Just, just praising God, saying, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. Now, I, the reason I tell you this story is, this woman had been in deliverance ministry for a year with us. Yes. She'd been through many deliverances and had led many people into deliverance and set many other people free. But this one secret that she kept, kept her bound. Oh, and my goodness. And this secret was what was keeping her from being free. And she's another one of those people that reminded me of this story as we were talking about how people's, um, how people's visage actually changes when they're delivered. She was always uh, just a regular person. She just looked like any other girl. But when she was delivered, she was really quite beautiful. The first time, everyone said, for for days after they go, did you do something with your hair? Or are you, are you wearing different colors? Oh, or wow. you, look, you look so different. 
It was as if her face got brighter and lighter, the darkness was gone, the grimace was gone, and um, and that's actually something I use with my people. I, I keep checking that because I can tell when it comes back there's something wrong. Is, some, is there some hidden sin? Is there something going on? Is there some rebellion? Is there fighting? Is there resentment? Is there something going on within the team or something going on within your family? What's going on? There's a change. I can, And so I actually use that now a lot of times to help me um, to kind of diagnose where the members of my team are spiritually. Almost like facial changing. recognition. <laughs> yes. Praise yeah. God. I mean, you either have the, if you have the Spirit of God, it radiates. And when you Amen. don't, when there's some kind of darkness there, it also is obvious, and it becomes oh uh, very, very clear. So there's a case where you have a Christian worker who's being involved in deliverance ministry, but because she was keeping this one secret, God, uh, Satan had told her that if you tell this to anyone, no one will respect you, no one will like you, they will mock you, and uh, no one will understand. And in fact, shortly after she told me the secret, she was completely free. She didn't even make it a secret to anyone now. Then she told everyone what had happened. The very thing that Satan had convinced her that if anyone knew, it would ruin her life. Once she was free, it was not that big of a deal. And it actually gave her uh, a more powerful testimony to give the whole testimony and not a partial testimony. Well, Carl, uh, there's people out there even writing in now which said that uh, you know they've got some things that's happened to them and one one person said, uh, "My dad told me that I would cause my mom to die if I said anything." What what is what do people do out there who have got a uh, a secret that uh, in their past something that's done to them? Are um, they've witnessed um, that they've been hiding? What, what what should they do to get set free? You need to find somebody that you can trust and share the secret with them, and you need to take that secret before God. God has always known. God has always. Um, been providing you with the grace to be able to hold on, but you can't be set free until you confess your sins. And once you confess your sins, then those walls of resentment and bitterness and fear and anger, they begin to fall, and the stronghold of the wicked one is broken. You break his power when you reveal the secret. And most of the secrets that we deal with, turn uh, once they're revealed, it turns out they're not nearly as big as we've been led to believe they are. And the impact won't be nearly as bad as we think. But the secrets we keep, the lies we believe, and then unforgiveness, bitterness, and resentment, those are three places that paralyze Christians. What I would encourage you to do is first confess it to the Lord. He's known all along and you've kept it from him as if you, were, as if, as if you could keep it from him. And then find a Christian you can trust, share it with them, and get deliverance or share it with a deliverance minister. But don't keep back. I've seen people who get partial deliverance, and they've, they've only revealed part of the problem. Um, and so the scripture tells us to confess our sins to one another and to pray for one another in James chapter 5. And uh, so, so we're supposed to do. And if we live an unscriptural, unbiblical uh, life full of secrets and lies, then we can't be delivered and we can't be healed and we can't be set free. Amen. This is a good word tonight. Folks, if you're just tuning in, we've got Pastor Carl Henderson on the program. This is a live show. Uh, his email is C, as in Charlie Henderson, number five, at yahoo.com. Uh, official website is c10.org. That's charlietangoechonovember.org. You can also reach him up on Facebook. Uh, and his ministry is called the Mission of Reconciliation, Reconciling Man to God. 
Uh, Carl, let me ask you. We got some questions coming in from the chat room, and um, okay. and I've got some questions I want to throw at you. Um, deliverance. Um, what do you do if, let's say, you're married to a uh, an unbeliever or you have a friend uh, who you know is demonized, and um, you know they're just full of demons, and you want to help them? Uh, can you? What do you do in a case of someone who doesn't know Jesus Christ? Is there anything you can do to help them? Anything you can do to attack the, the enemy inside of them? Yeah. First of all, you need to fast and pray like crazy because you need spiritual power to come against this. In the end, nobody can be set free unless they want to be set free. And nobody's going to want to be set free until they know Jesus Christ. They might want to be free from a few of the symptoms, but they, if they don't follow Jesus Christ, it'll all come back and, and should be and could be, according to Jesus' own words, seven times worse. So you need to fast and pray. You need to bind anything that you have authority over in their life. Um, and you need to take that authority and practice that authority, speak that authority over them, speak blessings over them, speak that authority and, and bind them. But uh, you cannot get them delivered until they've been until they want to serve Jesus, until they've they've turned from their sins. Then deliverance it sometimes it occurs just at the moment of salvation. Sometimes we've had people delivered in baptism. We've had people who were healed when they were immersed in water. And, and and we've had people delivered at the same time that they were immersed in water. So we have these powerful things that that, that uh, God gave us, but that is not the norm. The norm is you're going to have to come against the enemy, and you're going to have to tear down these walls. And that's why you see people who, uh, you know, they come to the Lord and instantly they break this tobacco habit that they had, or they're, they were drunk, and they're, and they're drunkards. And they're and they're suddenly set free when they come to from the when they come to the Lord for salvation. So what you can do is bathe them in prayer, fast and pray, bind the spirits um, over them, and bind any familial curses or anything that comes through the family line that you're aware of and that you know of, or that you have. Uh, if your if your family members, uh, you have some authority in that case. If you're older than them, or if you're a parent, or things like that. Okay. That's that's a, that's a good word. So, folks, what you can do is uh, follow the advice there. Bind them. You don't cast them out because if they're not a believer, they're just going to come back with seven times more worse, right? But you can at least uh, torment the demons, bind them uh, inside of the person, marinate them, so to speak, until they want to come out in Jesus' name during deliverance. And now, uh, one thing, one thing you should be aware of that if you if you come against them, they'll manifest, and they're going to drive that person away from you. So you really okay. want to just bind them and don't, because that person will leave you, call you crazy. Uh, in fact, um, in fact, in one particular case, the person ran out and left, calling the person crazy. And the very next day, they tried to take their life because the demon oh, knew that the demon knew that if we don't if we don't end this person's life right away, um, they're going we're going to get kicked out. We're going to lose our home. And those parasitical spirits that are hanging on, sucking on people's soul, they don't want to let go. That's the only home they have, and they don't want to let go until they've killed you, then they can move on. Oh, God have so, mercy. Okay, that's very important. <laughs> um, it's important they get, become a Christian. Now, let me ask you a question. When you cast out a demon, uh, where do you send them? What are the options that are available? Well, we, we according to the scriptures, we can we can send them into the pit. We can send them, uh, and uh, but... Uh, I don't normally do that. I'll threaten them with that, and if they give me a hard time, I'll send them there. But normally I send them 
as um, as I was trained to do was I send them where the Lord Jesus wants them to go. But I will give them options. Uh, sometimes I'll cut a deal with them. If you leave now, I'll let you just wander through dry places. Uh, if you don't leave now, then I'll send you to the pit, or then I'll turn you over to Jesus and let Jesus deal with you. So okay. I'll sometimes bargain with them when I'm when I'm talking to them. And uh, it seems like the lower-ranking ones, they much prefer to wander in dry places. They want to go. Uh, the, the bigger ones, they're in for a real fight, and they want to see if you're going to be persistent enough to keep on going to the end. Amen. Now, have, Carl, have you ever been doing a deliverance and you uh, were praying and the person kind of goes possum? Maybe they close their eyes and look like they're falling asleep. What's going on there, and uh, how do you route those demons out? Any advice? Oh, I just shake them and wake them up, and I, and I, and I tell this, this, this demon to stop playing games. Uh, I, I just don't tolerate that. I, um, I'm a parent, and as I said, I was 27 years in law enforcement. You know, when people play games with me, I don't tolerate it. And, you know, if, if, I'm, if I'm talking to a child and they want to go to sleep, you set up and listen to me. Look, look at me. I'm talking to you. I do the same with the demons. I just treat them like the spoiled brat that they are, and I, just, <laughs> I, come, I, I tell them what to do. You will obey. You set up and stop playing games. You know, no, no sleeping on me. I'll tell you when to sleep. You won't rest until I let you rest and um, things like that. And uh, actually, it startles them when you come at them with authority. I, you, you can actually see that the, you can see their eyes change to fear. Like, what what's with this guy? Won't he? Why won't he just quit? Or why won't he just fall for this stuff? Um, you know, sometimes people tell me that. Um, you know, we look in the scriptures. Angels are made a little, a little higher than us, and they should have greater um, faculties, physical, mental faculties than us. But my personal experience is that an awful lot of demons tend to be dumb, and I yeah. don't know how to, I don't know how to explain this based on scriptures. But I see an awful lot of them are childish. I see an awful lot of them are kind of dumb. Maybe it's just the nature of that particular spirit that it's an ignorant spirit. Uh, especially, I've seen this with children, and uh, and I and I accuse them, I uh, uh, insult them, uh, you know, uh, for picking on children and not being a real demon, can't go against an adult, and uh, I I I, deal, I try to deal with them like that. But I've actually seen my personal experience is that they seem to be dumb, kind of ignorant, and uh, and easy to kind of. Uh, outsmart however they're very persistent and they're very stubborn and they're very rebellious amen to that now let me ask you a question um you've mentioned uh, doing deliverance and healing in person uh what's been your experience uh with regards to um doing deliverance or healing over the telephone um is that possible to do oh yes it certainly is um especially healing We've done healing from as much as 500 miles away by text message. Text message? <laughs> yeah, we've text messaged people. We've told them, we're getting ready to heal you. Do you believe that God can heal you? Do you believe he can use us? Do you believe he can do it from this distance? And if they say yes and, and we believe them, then okay, here we go. And then we, we, we uh, rebuke the disease and take authority over it. And, uh, and uh, then we text them back. How do you feel now? And then they text us back, man, I'm I'm about 50% better. I said, okay, we're going to do it again. Hold on. And then we take authority again. And uh, diseases and illnesses and demons are all the same in that they're sometimes difficult to 
throw out. And so, and the main, I believe, oftentimes the main reason we get people healed and delivered and other people can't is just because they're not persistent. Uh, and most of the time, when they don't get sick, complete success, the first time or two, they give up. And I don't give up until I get the job done, or until the Lord tells me there's something going on here that I'm not aware of and I need to back off. Um, I'll give you uh, another example. That's on text. One of our missionaries in uh, Mindoro, we just sent her down here about uh, six weeks. She'd been with us for five months, getting training, getting equipping. We sent her down with materials to plant the house churches, house churches down there. So she went down and she started five or six Bible studies and was up and running and things seemed to be going pretty good. And then all of a sudden she tells us, I have this terrible pain, I have this terrible pain. So we took authority over the pain and she would get temporary remission of pain, but then it would come back. Now, most of the time, if somebody gets partially healed and it comes back, it tells us there's something spiritual at work there. But for some reason, it didn't click with me because I knew what a devout young lady she was, how strong she was in the Lord. I mean, and uh, I've seen her, you know, weep in prayer dozens of times, just pouring her heart out to God. For some reason, it didn't click that it could be spiritual. And so she eventually, we had to send money so she could go get an examination by the doctors. And the doctors x-rayed her. They found she had a big tumor uh, in her lower abdomen on part of her, some of her uh, female anatomy. And uh, so, um, you know, she texts back and, and told me, she says, you know, this is what the doctor says. And I said, well, we'll take authority again and we'll, and we'll try to heal it from here. And she would say, yes, that helped. The pain went away. And then a few hours later, she would tell us the pain is back. And um, then the day before she went to the doctor, she texted me. She says, Pastor, call me. I'm in such terrible pain. She says, I, I think I'm going to die. This I've never felt pain like this before. So I called her. And I said, what's wrong? And she says, this tumor. She says, I can feel it. I can see it through my skin. Of course, most, most Filipinos are pretty thin. And she says, I can see it. I can feel it. And it's hurting so bad. She says, she says I, I can't even cry anymore. It hurts so bad. So... I said, well, let me, let me take authority to heal it again. And the first time I took authority, I got a real strong word from the Lord that it was demonic. Okay. And so then I cast, out, I cast out the spirit of tumor. And I cast out the spirit of tumor, and all of a sudden she began to manifest. And I can hear her making sounds sort of like vomiting or, or grunting kind of uh, sounds and stuff in the background. So, again... You know, once you get a demon on the run, you don't quit. You beat him up until you get him out. That's right. And so I just came. <laughs> so, you know, once I got the manifestation, I'm greatly encouraged. So then we, I took authority a few more times and and kept and kept casting the calling that demon out to the tumor to come out, the spirit of the tumor. And then all of a sudden she goes, oh, she goes, Pastor, it's gone. <laughs> and I said, what? I said, she says, it's gone. And I said, what do you mean it's gone? The pain is gone? And she goes, no, it's gone. I can't feel it on my side. She said, it came out. It came out and it left. Wow. I said, the lump the lump is gone? She says, yes, the lump is gone. Well, the next day she was going in, and they were going to do an MRI to, to get the actual location and size and surgery later that day. And she just had enough money for the MRI, and we were going to have to find out how much the surgery was. Um, we We operate on a shoestring budget down there and uh, mostly living off of my uh my my retirement pension so uh ministering off of that so um i said well let's find out what the doctor says so the next day i text her in the morning and she says oh pastor i'm so excited i can't wait to go in and prove the doctor wrong so uh so she went in and um 
And then I get the text coming out of the exam, and she quotes the doctor. The doctor, or this missionary's name is Rose, and the doctor says, "Rose, what what can we do? What can we say? First you were sick. It was there. We could see it. We could touch it. Now there's nothing. There's nothing we can do. You have to go home." So, Praise so with God. that, she was she was healed when that when the spirit of the tumor was cast out. So that's one of those um, those things that yes. Some illness is definitely demonic. Amen. And in that case, she had been under attack by a spirit of tumor. We've since found out that there's a lot of witchcraft in the area, and that um, there was probably some some uh, attacks in the spiritual realm coming against her because of that. Carl, now you mentioned a uh, an episode where you were in the Philippines, and there was a lady there that y'all were praying for that uh, no one spoke her language yet. Uh, the demon spoke in, in perfect English to you. Uh, let me put you in another scenario. Let's say we were to drop you off uh, in Japan or Russia. Do you speak Japanese or Russian, by the way? No, not okay. at all. Okay, I, I want to check. Um, let's say we were to put you in a country like that. Um, could you as a deliverance minister do effective deliverance, even if you don't understand the language? In other words, do the demons, are they bilingual? Could you actually do a mass deliverance or just preach? Um, to someone doesn't even speak your language and be effective? Would the, the demons hear you and and have to obey? I, amen. I'm absolutely confident because we do it all the time. Um, Praise we God. Uh, went to the Philippines. We planned on learning the language, but our ministry took off so quick with healing, I never had a chance to stop and spend a year in language school and learn. But we've always God has always been gracious. He's always given us uh, Filipino missionaries who could speak the various dialects come along and then once they've been with me for a while they can translate um, very effectively so we've never had to and about 70-80% of our ministry is in English because Filipino in Filipinos uh, in most areas their educational system at least in high school and college is in English so they have some English skills to start with so this happens all the time where we minister to people in languages we can't understand and they still get deliverance Praise so yes God, yeah. it happens it happens all the time. It's it's really pretty much normal for us. Uh, we're always ministering to some people who can't understand us, who are manifesting. And let me add something else that I do. Early on, um, we used to tell people, you know, what may happen, so they don't get startled when the person next to them starts screaming or throwing up. And, Good point. Uh, and Good then point. we used yes. to even we even used to pass out little uh, plastic garbage bags so they could throw up in that, and not make a mess all over the floor and. And um, that kind of stuff. And by the way, this is an interesting thing. We oftentimes would feed them and then do deliverance, and people would throw up into the bags, and there's never any food in the bags. It's wow. always a huge amount of volume of fluids, but no food. Wow. The food doesn't come out when they're vomiting. It's uh, That's an unusual thing, but we've all noticed that. And uh, Because at first we thought this might be a mistake feeding them first, and then they're going to throw up and make a big mess. But it's, the food never comes through. Uh-oh. So um, wow. that's part of it. So, And then what we also did, after a while I thought, hmm, is there a chance these people are meeting my expectations? Because I tell them what's going to happen, they're doing this. So we purposely, in um, about four or five of our mass deliverances, didn't tell people what to expect. We just told people that um, demons will pass and they'll go. And, um, and most of the time they'll go in a yawn or a burp, which is which is true about 80, 90% of the time, that's all you're going to get as they go. 
and uh, we didn't tell anybody else about anything else. It didn't change a thing. We still had the about the same percentage of people throwing up, the same percentage of people screaming. We had uh, spirits of seduction, which are also very strong spirits that will stand and confront you, and uh, that's a spirit that we have found you can't go head-to-head with. In order to break a spirit of seduction, we normally have a female from the, um, uh, if it's a female with a female or a male with a male, just put their arm around them and tell them they love them, and it breaks the spirit of seduction instantly. The people wow. will just collapse in the chair, gone. Uh, because they normally don't know what real love is. So the spirit of seduction is reigning and ruling, and it's substituting that with uh, real love. So, yes, you can work in other languages. And, uh, yes, people will manifest the way you expect them to, whether they know they're supposed to or not. Because we've often tried to make sure that they're not meeting some expectation we put on them. Because I've had people tell me, oh, this is some kind of mass hypnosis. Well, if it's mass hypnosis, people are manifesting without being told what they're supposed to manifest or how they're going to manifest or what's going to happen. Amen. And, uh, uh, what are some of the other ways that a demon can come out? They can come out through the vomit. What other ways have you seen them manifest and go? We've seen, uh, in one case, we've seen them pass in um, in, in gas as people are, uh, are, are flatulence. And, and we've seen, of course, you see a lot of snot, a lot of vomit, um, sweating. It seems like some come out in sweat, but I can't be sure that it's just from the sweat because people are manifesting many different ways. Um, but uh, I think that's the main ways we've seen, burps, coughs, belches, uh, sometimes vomiting, spitting, a lot of times witchcraft demons, uh, strong demons, uh, sexual demons, demons of homosexuality. A lot of times they manifest with a lot of screaming and things, but not always. Sometimes these sissy spirits go very easy also. Um, but um, that's the main way. What do you do... What do you do when you're doing deliverance and um, the demon's not manifesting? You know, this person just sitting there silent. Any tips on how to route a demon? Yeah, that's a good question. I'd like some tips myself. But <laughs> what what we do is I try to confront them. I try to challenge them. My personal experience, uh, my personal feeling, I shouldn't say experience. My personal feeling is when they're not manifesting like that, after a period of time, if you if you've gone through all the renunciations and you've attacked all the different families of spirits that we know of, and there's no manifestation, it tells me uh, this is what I personally believe: is the person still has some secrets, they still have some lies, they still have some bitterness and resentment that they won't give up. Okay. And because of that, because of that, they can't be set free. Can, let me give you an example with the healing. Um, we had a, a young lady who was losing her vision. She's basically blind. She can only see a very small amount straight ahead. And uh, she was at a, a missionary training school. So um, we um, we trained the people at this missionary training school at this missionary training school how to heal. And uh, and then we took turns healing people. There were people there with different pains. And of course, she's the real test case. She's um, uh, she's legally she's blind. She's already learned Braille. Um, with help, she can walk around hanging on someone's arm and things, but she'll come across a shadow on the ground and she'll raise her foot real high like she's stepping over a log because she can't tell what she's seeing. And she's legally blind, and so we start taking authority. And I tell you, I just about wore myself out trying to get her healed, and we couldn't get her healed. And I, and uh, 
I'm I'm funny this way. You know, we can heal 20 people, but one person doesn't get healed. It really bothers me. And um, and God's really told me that he's sovereign and it's none of my business who he heals. And sometimes he's explained to us why. And later we've seen why the person didn't get healed. But um, this one really bothered me. And so uh, now that these people are trained and they've healed each other, those who are sick in the class have been healed. And then we do the crusade. And now these people we just trained are going to heal people at the crusade. And so, and so at this crusade, we had a young boy with a bladder infection who hadn't urinated in, uh, I think, about a week or four days, something like that. And once he gets healed, we can't even get his testimony. He wants to run off to the side to urinate. <laughs> then he comes back and he says, man, I haven't urinated in four days or a week. I can't remember exactly what he wow. said now. He says, man, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. I've had this infection, <laughs> and I always have all this trouble, you know. And, and we, have, uh, we have another guy with injured knees. We had a... It was real funny, a Canadian missionary that we trained, we had him lay hands on the guy's injured knees, and then the guy says, I'm healed. And the Canadian missionary says, you're kidding. <laughs> this is the thing. We have we have missionaries that don't Praise have the God. faith for people to be healed, but people are being healed. Um, Amen. But, uh, what? but anyway, this this young girl, so we I, I say young, about 24 years old, young to me, and we, they, we take authority over her eyes again after everyone else has been healed, and I think about 20 people were healed. And then we take authority over her eyes, and all of a sudden she says, hey, I can see everything, not just in the center. And, and I said, well, can you see, are you completely healed? She said, no, everything's black and white, but I can see everything. I can see this is so-and-so's face, and this is so-and-so. And she goes, oh, wow, I didn't know you were good-looking to this one guy and to the next guy. And I said, well, let's take authority again. So we take authority again, and the colors come back. And then she's running around talking about, your shirt's blue, that's red, these are green. This is... She's seeing colors for the first time in four years. Praise and God. her vision is completely restored. And everyone's rejoicing. What a wonderful testimony. And then I thought, that's why God didn't want her healed in the, in the classroom. He wanted to be out here in public where everyone could see. And you never seen anybody with so much joy as this girl when she got healed. Now, let me tell you the rest of the story. How this girl uh, got this, I believe this, this blindness is spiritual. And how she got this is she was she has a very cruel childhood, and beating, abuses, uh, just uh, just many, many difficulties in her childhood. Uh, her father has several families, and then she's one of the youngest people in one of the youngest families. Uh, uh, over in, in the Philippines, you're not allowed to divorce because the Roman Catholics don't even use scriptures. So they made the law, no one can be divorced, so men just go start another family and leave the woman stranded and married, and she can't remarry or, or move on with her life. And so that's what happened to her, along with a lot of abuse. So for three days, she's going around town telling people the color of the signs and reading signs from half a block away and wow. having so much joy. And then on the fourth day, somebody comes to me and says, she's blind again. Uh -oh. I said, what? Yeah, she's blind again. I said, how can she be blind again? She was healed. She's been healed for three days. They go, she's blind again. So I went to over there and I go to ask her, what's going on? And she says, well, you know, I got to thinking about the way they treated me when I was a kid. And she says, I just got angry and I had a headache last night when I went to sleep. And oh, I my said goodness. To myself, I said to myself, I wouldn't be surprised if I wake up blind in the morning. Lord, have mercy. She cursed herself. She cursed herself. She let the bitterness and resentment come back in. And so I talked to her for almost three hours. And you know what? She didn't even want to try to be healed again. 
She said, well, you know, I'll try this other guy. I think they have oh, a no. program over there where they do inner healing and they do this. And I said, look, oh, no. this is all tied to the unforgiveness and bitterness. Well, you know, I can't forgive these people for what they've done. And so oh. she embraced her de- demonic-inspired disease. Oh, my goodness. And, That's terrible. Yes, and uh, I've uh, I've run into her. And in fact, I run into her maybe six months ago. And she, she would, her vision is actually getting worse. She would and, rather uh, be blind than, than to forgive. God have mercy on us. Uh, but, you know, that's yeah. the truth, folks. Um, Pastor Crow, we've got our lines lined up here. Would you like to take some calls? Sure. Let's see what we can do. Praise God. And, folks, if you're just tuning in, we get Pastor Carl Henderson on tonight. Um, we've got a special request for prayer. Brother, um, lady needs some deliverance. And I'm going to actually patch her in right now. Stand by. So we can get the sister on the phone here. Hello. All right, sister. Hey, how are you? I got. I'm doing uh, good. Thank you for waiting. I've got you uh, on the program here um, with Pastor Carl Henderson. Tell us what's going on with you. Oh, um, I've been uh, having. Um, a lot of things have been revealed to me. My my mom is the kind that keeps secrets away um, from me. Um, it was probably about three years ago I found out that my older brother um, has been molesting the whole family. Oh, boy. Uh, he's been in prison. I've got a lot of generational curses. Um, I was molested when I was uh, probably about five. And uh, so a lot has been going on, and I I feel that I have a lot of, um, I think there's a blessed spirit, a foul spirit, generational curses. Um, My father's mother, my father, my grandmother's mother was a witch, and she put a curse on my um my 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 grandmother which would be on my dad's side and said that her children would um would go insane and my dad and my dad's brother both went insane okay um a lot just uh you know uh brother carl was talking about you know the the secrets you know and um i was just made not to tell anybody, you know, and ruin people's lives, and, you know, I know that's been a struggle for me, because I've had to live without my whole family for, like, 20 years. Um, I have renounced, I have taken myself through steps of freedom. Um, I've been a Christian since uh, April of 1980. Um, I... uh, Right when I became saved, the Lord showed me that he wanted me to uh, start dealing in spiritual warfare, which I started reading all kinds of books, and he put a Satanist in my path. Uh worked with him for three years until his demons got so bad that, of course, I didn't know really what to do. I was a new Christian, and um, so I 
I dealt with him until he started coming against my family, and um, I've done prison ministries. I mean, I I feel there there's transferring of spirits. Just everything I've been reading. I'm taking notes um, here. So what we've got here is uh, you're under a generational curse of witchcraft that came down the family line. Yeah. Um, when you mentioned uh, molestation, uh, were you molested or in, had any incest occur to you? Yes. Okay. By so you've my, got a demonic gateway um, of and trauma and incest my, there. Yes. Yes. You probably have some soul ties, maybe with the uh, the Satanists you mentioned and some other people. Uh, have you specifically yourself ever uh, been involved in the occult, Ouija board, tarot cards, nope. uh, fortune teller, anything like that? No. Like I said, I was saved. Now, I take it back. Now, I did take, like I said, I took myself through the steps of freedom, renounced playing with a Ouija board. <laughs> so I did do that. Um, I don't words, know. You renounced it or you actually were you actually used a Ouija board at one time? I actually used a Ouija board. Okay. All right. Uh, what about uh, areas of alcohol and drugs? Ever use any drugs in your life? Um, marijuana. Okay. Drank. All right. First time I was married, I found out my husband was bisexual. So, okay. um, therefore, transferring of lustful spirits, foul spirits. Okay. Um, now, are you single or are you married currently? I'm married. All right. Uh, out before your marriage, uh, any fornication or any adultery in your life? Yep. And okay. And after I was married, which my husband forgave me, I confessed all that, renounced that. But I also know that I brought the demons from that other man into my husband. Soul ties, sure. Well, you know, you've, you've done the most important thing tonight, which is, um, you know, admit what you've been involved in. You're breaking the back of the enemy even now, you know, revealing to. these secrets. And, you know, um, folks, that's where it starts. Now, you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your Savior? I was saved at, in 1980, April of 1980, and I've been used greatly. Well, we'd love the opportunity to pray with you tonight. Um, let me turn it over to you, Pastor Carl. I just wanted to ask, I, forget, I, uh, I didn't get your name there. Uh, my name what, is what is her name? Susan. Susan. Susan, I just wanted to ask you, doesn't all this stuff make you mad? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm wondering if... Um, you know, you've been taken advantage of, and you've um, shot yourself in the foot, you know, spiritually speaking, in a lot of different ways. Um, I'm just wondering if there isn't some huge areas of unforgiveness there and bitterness and resentment towards yes. your brother, towards other yes. people. Yes. And I what about to... yourself? Um, Do you I resent? Are you bitter towards yourself about the things you've done? Um, I I feel like... Sometimes I'm a failure because of my children um, going through what they went through, and my daughter was molested by my my brother also, both of my brothers. So there's a lot of um, just feeling like a failure that I wasn't a very good mother, and um, so I have a lot of that. Um, I think I do have bitterness and unforgiveness. Okay, and and that's even towards yourself, right? Yes. And uh, I know that you said that you're a Christian and that you've confessed faith in Christ. Let me just ask you, doesn't all the circumstances in your life make you even a little bit mad at God that this happened to you? How did this happen? 
Do you have some resentment and bitterness towards God? No, I don't. I love the Lord with all my heart, soul, and mind and strength. Um, I, you know, I'm up, uh, you know, every night the Lord wakes me up at 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm up praying for people, intercessory prayer for people. Believe me, um, Pastor Shannon and Brother um, Carl, I have basically prayed over everybody I could think of, but I've never had anybody pray over me. I don't have support from my husband. You know, okay. um, you know, there it, it's 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 really hard to you know to deal with spiritual warfare and feel like you're all alone because nobody right. believes out here. Susan, I would like for um before we pray, I would like for you to pray. Okay. And uh, um, I would like for you to confess uh, unforgiveness and bitterness and resentment and anger um, at some of the people that you rightfully should be angry at, um, but that you can, you know, the scripture says our, our, even our salvation is conditional upon forgiving others. We're not forgiven if, we're not, if we don't forgive. Amen. And this can really separate us from God. This can separate us from our fellow men. It can separate us from all of our earthly relationships uh, in our family and uh, and elsewhere, and even in the church. I know people who just can't get plugged into the church because of this unforgiveness and bitterness and resentment and anger. And so what I would like for you to do is to pray, uh, and then we'll we'll pray afterwards, but I would like for you to pray first. And I would like you to ask God to forgive you for being angry and resentful and unforgiving and bitter towards, and then run down your list. Nobody knows who you're talking about there, but as many as you can think of. And then I would like for you to conclude with asking God to forgive you for being bitter and resentful and angry and disappointed even at yourself. And uh, and so that you can stand before God with a clean heart, and then, and then we'll pray for you. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Okay, so let's do that. I think I think you hold uh, one of the biggest keys to your deliverance, and it's unforgiveness. And uh, and um, and you know we don't forgive others because they deserve to be forgiven. We forgive them because we want to be forgiven, right. and because we want to be right with God. You know the things that you've experienced. Uh, you know people should uh, be in prison. People should uh, yeah. uh, certainly will end up in hell over and um and God will deal with them. They will get their justice, but but um we we want to let God do the repaying and not us and let go of this unforgiveness and this bitterness. And you remember what Peter uh asked the Lord, how many times do I forgive my brother? Seven times. Yes. And Jesus' response was no, seventy mm-hmm. times seven. That means we're gonna pray this prayer together and you're gonna pray and ask to um ask the Lord to forgive these people who have done these things to you, to let go of this bitterness and this resentment, and then you're going to forgive yourself, and um, and then we're going to put God in charge, and then you're going to have to keep coming against this, because bitterness and resentment and this uh, root of bitterness and unforgiveness, they come back very easily, especially if we've been cherishing yeah. these things um, mm-hmm. for years and dwelling upon them at least periodically. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, so... Susan, um, we'll, I'll let you pray first. Um, we're, remember, we're not forgiving any of these people because what they did was right. We're forgiving them because we want to be right with God. Okay. And so forgive them, 
and forgive yourself. You don't have to go into a lot of details, but uh, right. name as many people as you can and just go down that list and, and let go of them. Okay. Can Lord you do that? God, I, yes. Okay, I'm let's here. pray. Lord God, I just um, ask you, Father, just to be with me first uh, tonight, Lord. Um, Lord, I just want to ask for forgiveness. Um, I just want you... Um, I'm trying to think. Um, I just pray, Father, that I can forgive um, my brother, my grandfather, my dad. Susan, let's not pray that you can forgive. Pray and forgive them. You don't forgive them because they deserve it. You forgive them because you deserve to be set free. Okay. I forgive my two brothers and my grandfather and my dad and my mom and my son-in-law. And my daughter, and my husband, Susan, are you there? Yes, yes, I am. Do you have any more on that list you need to forget? Um, Let's go ahead and release them, sister. You don't need to carry this emotional baggage around anymore. Just uh, let them go and turn them over to the Lord. I'm trying to think. It's like I've got a block. Um, What about the uh, the people that uh, had raped you? Um, that's the molestation. Yes. That's my brother. Okay. And my grandfather. I already named them. Okay. Um, my dad died five years ago. Um, he had already asked me for for forgiveness. Forgave him. I felt. <laughs> um, I think I I listed him. I don't. Um, I can't think of anybody else. Um, my son. <laughs> um, I just asked just, uh, that I would forgive myself. I'll give it back to you, Pastor Carl. Uh, Susan, we want to pray that you forgive yourself and these people in the name of Jesus. Are you willing to do that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. 
And Father God, we know that you're gracious and you're merciful. And Lord, you know that there's um, um, there's so much hurt and so much pain that um, Susan has experienced, and this family is just under this multi generational curse. And um, Lord, uh, we just pray that you be the deliverer. Lord, we know that salvation means deliverance. And Lord, we know that you love to set the captives free. And Lord, we just ask that you hear Susan's prayer. Lord, she's come before you and she said that she wants to be free. She wants to be free of the spirit of unforgiveness, the spirit of bitterness, the spirit of resentment, the spirit of disappointment, the spirit of anger. Lord, and we just uh, we agree together with her, Lord, that uh, we ask that you forgive her, that you'll forgive those people that she's mentioned. And Lord, we ask right now that if they're alive, so that you will bless them that you will bring them to salvation, that you will restore right relationships with them, Lord, and that um, you will bring them to a point of, of repentance where they turn from their sins and uh, have a new life. But most of all, Lord, we pray for you to be gracious and merciful here to Susan, to set her free from all of this stuff, uh, this, this baggage, the generational curses. We just we come against all of this in Jesus' name. We claim the authority that comes in the name of Jesus Christ. And we and uh, we close every door to Satan that, who has been at work in her life. And we break uh, all the curses of witchcraft and any spirits of witchcraft that have been sent to her that they might go back where they came from. And, uh, Father, um, we she also has uh, renounced, spoken against this occultic activity, Lord, and we just pray that you'll forgive her for this and set her free from the spirits that come with that now. And, Lord, we just pray that you will lose her mind, lose her soul, uh, lose her, Lord, and set her free. In the name of Jesus, we pray this. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Susan, Susan, what we're going to do... You go ahead, Pastor Carl. I wanna go, make, go, call, ahead, go ahead. Microphone is yours, brother. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, Susan... Um, the Lord can set you free of some spirits tonight. All right. Would you like uh, Pastor Carl, myself, to pray with you? Get some deliverance tonight? Yes, yes. That was the first step, uh, Susan. And for you listening out there, folks, if you have bitterness and unforgiveness, uh, you want to release those people, not because they deserve to be forgiven by you, but because you deserve um, to be set free. <laughs> I mean, uh, did I say that right, Pastor Carl? <laughs> Yeah, I think so. I, I like the way you explained it. Uh, but, you know, we don't always feel like um, forgiving, but we've got to be obedient. We've got to turn them over. We've got to let the um, we've got to forgive them so we can get uh, forgiveness ourselves and get set free of these foul spirits we've been carrying around. So you you, know, you revealed I, some of these dark secrets, Susan. Yes, I wanted to tell you, um, Pastor Shannon, that um, sister, I'm uh, my name. I'm just uh, I'm just a regular man. I uh, I'm not a pastor. Oh, I'm um, but uh, God bless you. Uh, continue no, I on, sister. I wanted to tell you that um, you know I I have just asked the Lord to forgive me for these people, but of course that just keeps coming back. You know, um, to do that all the time, and I do that all the time. Um, but but like I said, it just you know of course the demons just keep bringing it back, you know. Um, you know, the accuser of the brethren. <laughs> well, understand, listen, when you uh, when you repent, the Lord Jesus forgives you and I, and he doesn't remember anymore. It's only Satan and you that remember it, so stop listening to the devil. You ask God, he says, I don't remember what you did. It's already been forgiven. He threw it in the sea of forgetfulness. Um, 
The first part, though, is uh, what you've done, you've done tonight, which is to forgive. That's a major gateway for demons to come in. And you've, uh, you've forgiven people. You've uh, confessed some hidden sin there and some stuff that had been involved in your past. Now, uh, you know, the, the enemy's been exposed, and um, he's not happy, but he, he can be kicked out tonight in Jesus' name. Um, Pastor Carl's going to pray, and we're going to go after some of these things. Uh, I basically, we also want to uh, – I took some notes here. Um, you mentioned witchcraft came down the family line. Uh, you'd also been involved in, in an adulterous affair at one time? Yes, and I know I have a succubus and an incubus um, spirit. So basically any sin that uh, a person has committed, they need to confess it to the Lord Jesus Christ and repent. Pastor Carl, you want to uh, uh, lead her through uh, I just, prayer? I just, want, I just want to ask Susan a couple of questions. Susan, Absolutely. if you're aware of all these things, what have you tried to do to break these strongholds? I mean, have you have you used the name of Jesus? Have you come against them? Have you yes. uh, undermined them and rebuked them and, yes. and stood in opposition Renounced to them? them? Yes, everything. Um, I've gotten on every book on on deliverance and spiritual warfare and everything else and broken. I've I've been studying for a long time, and um, so and so Susan, let me ask you. So why haven't you been delivered? Because I feel that it's going to take somebody else besides myself. Because, um, you know, even though I've taken myself through many, many, many times and said these prayers over and over and over and renounced things and forgiven people and everything, I feel that there's just a deep-rooted spirits that don't want to come out, basically. Because I still deal with them uh, up until probably about a month ago, I was dealing with pornography on the Internet and also feeling um, like thoughts were telling me to actually, you know, masturbate. And I've been doing that since I was a little girl because of being touched. And I believe that 100%. So I know that, you know, there's foul spirits and lustful spirits. When you mentioned uh, pornography, was it, uh, were you looking at men or did it involve women also? Women, yes. Okay, were you ever involved in any kind of uh, lesbian? Never, never. Act, okay. I can see how that could happen, yes. Okay. And that came down from my father, pornography. Mostly so, Shannon, you want to do we? Uh, I've never done this on the radio with you. I don't know how you do it exactly, but I'd like to go down some reconciliations with her before we start. Amen. And, and uh, folks, if you're out there listening, uh, you can get some deliverance right where you're at. It starts with confessing the sin and going through some renunciations. So, uh, Pastor Carl, why don't you lead her through some renunciations, and um, and then we'll we'll attack the enemy and see what the Lord will do tonight, sister. Okay. Okay. Su- Susan, can you repeat after me, okay? Father, I confess that in the past. I can, Father, I confess that in the past. I've held unforgiveness, bitterness, and resentment in my heart. That I've held bitterness, unforgiveness in my heart. Against people who have hurt and disappointed me. Against people that have hurt and disappointed me. I now forgive these people. I now forgive these people. I also forgive myself. I also forgive myself for my many faults and failures. For my many faults and failures. For 
for which you have freely forgiven me. For me? For which you have freely forgiven me. Which you have freely forgiven me. Thank you, Father, for freedom. Thank you, Father, for freedom. From the load of unforgiveness, bitterness, and resentment. Sorry, I couldn't hear that. From the load of unforgiveness, from the load bitterness, of and resentment. Bitterness and unforgiveness. In, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, I confess to you. Father, I confess to you. That in the past. That in the past. I have come into contact. I've come into contact. With occult things. With occult things. I now recognize this as sin. I now recognize this as sin. And I confess it as sin. And I confess of this sin. And I claim forgiveness. And I claim forgiveness. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Satan, I rebuke you. Satan, I rebuke you. I rebuke you. you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I'm closing any doors. I'm closing any doors which I or my ancestors may have opened to you. Which my ancestors might have opened to you. Or I may have opened to you. Or I have may opened to you. I renounce you, Satan, and all your demons. I renounce you, Satan, and all your demons. And I declare you to be my enemies. Pardon me? And I declare you to be my enemies. And I declare you to be my enemies. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. I break any and all curses placed against me. And I break any and all curses placed against me. By witchcraft. By witchcraft. And I command the curses and spirits from them to return to the cinders. And I command I com- the curses I and spirits from them. I command the curses and spirits from them to return to the cinders. Return to the cinders. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. I break any curses of rejection from the womb. I break any curses of rejection from the womb. Or illegitimacy. Or illegitimacy. Which may be in my family. Which may be in my family. All the way back to the Garden of Eden. All the way back to the Garden of Eden. I I renounce and I break. I renounce and I break. All demonic subjection. All demonic subjection. Any ungodly soul ties. Any ungodly soul ties. From my mother, father, grandparents, or any other person. From my mother, father, grandparents, or any any other person. Living or dead. Living or dead. Who have ever dominated or controlled me. Who ever dominated or controlled me. In any way. In any way. Which is contrary to the word of God. Which is contrary to the word of God. 
I thank you, Lord, for setting me free. I thank you, Lord, for setting me free. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. I renounce, break, and loose myself. I renounce, break, and loose myself. And all my descendants. And all my descendants. From all psychic heredity. From all psychic heredity. Demonic holds. Demonic holds. Bondages. Bondages. Or bonds. Pardon me? Or bonds. Or bonds. Of physical or mental illness. Of physical or mental illness. That may be upon me or my family. That may be upon me or my family. Okay. Father, I break, renounce, and cut. Father, I break, renounce, and cut. All evil soul ties. All evil soul ties. With adulterers, drunkards, close friends, cults. With adulterers, drunkards, close friends, and the cults. Family members. Family members. Or anyone who may have abused me or taken advantage of me. Or anybody that has abused me or taken advantage of me. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. I command Satan and all his demons. I command Satan and all his demons. To lose my mind. To lose my mind. Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus. Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus. To restore my soul to one piece. To restore my soul to one piece. To unearth and break all other bonds on my soul. Unearth and break all other bonds to my soul. And restore the pieces of my fragmented mind, will, and emotions. And restore the pieces of my fragmented mind and emotions. Father, I confess to you the sins of my ancestors. Father, I confess to you the sins of my ancestors. Idolatry, witchcraft. Idolatry, witchcraft. Occultism. Occultism. Lust. Lust. Adultery. Adultery. Divorce. Divorce. Perversion. Perversion. Rebellion. Rebellion. Stubbornness. Stubbornness. And a wicked heart of unbelief. And a wicked and a heart. wicked heart of unbelief. A wicked heart of unbelief. I come to you, Lord Jesus, as my deliverer. I come to you, Lord Jesus, as my deliverer. You know all my problems. You know all my problems. And all the things that drive and torment and defile me. And all the things that drive, torment, and defile me. I now lose myself. And I lose myself. From every dark spirit. From every dark spirit. From every evil influence. From evil, from every evil influence. From all satanic bondage. Disregard that. Keep going. Of all satanic bondage. From all satanic bondage. I command these spirits to leave me now. I command these spirits to leave me now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Okay, I'm going to pray. Satan, I come against you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I put your legions on notice. I'm attacking you from my position in Christ. 
I'm seated at the right hand of the Heavenly Father in the third heaven. This places me high above you, principalities, powers, all thrones and dominions and world rulers and rulers of the darkness, kings and princes, and every other angelic rank under your command. In Jesus' mighty name, I, I ask the Heavenly Father for sufficient legions, Lord. Send your holy angels, your warrior angels, to come back, to come against these dark forces. To, uh, to And we bind all the demonic forces in the air overhead and any other fo demonic forces that, that they cannot participate or delay or cause any um, um, and strengthen any demons involved in this. Further, I command in Jesus' name that the free demonic spirits around the area be secured and taken where Jesus sends them so they do not interfere in any way with Susan's deliverance. I take authority from the third heaven where I'm seated in Christ Jesus. I remind all evil spirits, you must obey. When I call out your name, your family name, you must come out. You must leave in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, I take authority over you. And you will submit as I come against you, and you will come out. All spirits of the occult and Ouija board, come out and go in Jesus' name. All spirits of sorcery, witchcraft, witchcraft control, come out and go in Jesus' name. All spirits of magic and voodoo and divination and fortune-telling, come out and go in Jesus' name. Automatic handwriting, handwriting analysis, tea leaf analysis, come out, come out, come out and go in Jesus' name. Crystal ball reading, tarot card reading, palm reading, astrology, horoscope, signs of the zodiac, come out. Out, 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 out you go now. In the name of Jesus, I command you to come out and go. All spirits of hypnosis or spiritualism or mediums or seances or table tipping, necromancy, leviathan, clairvoyance, astral projection, come out and go in Jesus. In the name of Jesus, come out. Out, 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 out you go in Jesus' name. Up and out, up and out. This spirit of anger and bitterness in the occult, what is your name? What is your name? I command you to answer me in the name of Jesus Christ. Come up and out. What is your name? Manifest, demon. I'm in agreement. In the name of Jesus, I command you to manifest. All spirits that have to do with enchantment or fetishes and spells, psychic readings, reincarnation, come out. Come out. Come out. All Lord Jesus Christ, rebuke you. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I come against you. All spirits of self-deception, impatience, and pride, leviathan, ugliness, self-hate, irritation, ambition, loneliness, despair, come up and out. All spirits of despair and hopelessness, all spirits of unforgiveness, manif manifest, go, come up and out. Manifest in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, I command you, in the name of Yeshua, the Son of God, who suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead and buried, who descended into Hades and rose again on the third day. In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to, to manifest. We're not you release to Susan and manifest, you, you cowardly spirit. Speak up. Tower, you cowardly spirit, speak up. All spirits of misery and rejection, depression, torment, torture, doubt, unbelief, greediness, ugliness, Come up and out, up, 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 out you go in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, all spirits of covetousness, all spirits of guilt and shame and condemnation, come out and go in Jesus' name. All spirits of shame, the spirit behind the secrets, your power is broken. The secrets have been revealed. Come out and go in Jesus' name. Leave Susan. Come out. Let's go. Come out. Come out. Lord Jesus Christ, rebuke you, foul spirit. The Lord Father Jesus, rebuke you. Come out. 
that you and loose angels go down right now into the lowest point of Susan with the sword of the Lord. Angels of God, start sorting those demons up and out in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father God, we pray that you'll heap chains of fire around the necks of these demons. Lord, drive them out. Chains of fire. Give them a taste of Hades, Lord. You prepared that place for them. Put chains of fire around them, Lord. Bind them with these chains of fire. All you spirits of rejection and misery and confusion and death and suicide and despair and depression, torment, torture, doubt, unbelief, come up and out, up and out, in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, come up and out. I command all spirits of ugliness, of guilt, and of shame manifest in Jesus' name. Spirit of guilt, where are you? I command you to speak in the name of Jesus. In the name of Yeshua, the Son of God, I command you to speak. The blood of Jesus is upon Susan. I pour Jesus upon you. Manifest now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, I command you to manifest. Bring up in Jesus' name. I'm in agreement. Demons, we're seated with Jesus Christ in the highest of the heavenlies. And the Lord Jesus Christ is standing right next to Susan. You are defeated by the blood of Jesus. Now you manifest. I command all deliverance blockers and binders to come out of her in Jesus' name. Angels of God, go in there and strip the armor, weapons, and power from these demons, and we cut off all their lines of communication right now in Jesus' name. And I'm asking God that you would fragment the mind of these demons right now, spin their minds around, and we lose blindness and confusion in the camp of the enemy right now in Jesus' name. Manifest, demon, we want to talk to you. Who's in charge? Spirits of wrath and anger and temper and contention, where are you, you cowards? Where are you hiding? Come up and speak. In the name of Jesus, I command you. I command you to manifest in Jesus' name. All spirits of murder, Abaddon, Osmodius, anger, temper, resentment, bitterness, come up and manifest in Jesus' name. Let's go, demons. I'm in agreement. Come on, you cowards. Manifest right now. The Lord Jesus Christ rebuke you. All you foul night spirits that come into her and attack her, and Lilith, Asmodeus, manifest right now in Jesus' name. I just pour the blood of Jesus Christ down the throat of every foul spirit right now. Be weakened by the blood of Jesus and come up right now. Jesus' name. Feel feel the power of the blood, the blood of the Lamb, the blood of the Lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. Feel that blood. It condemns you. Feel the blood of Jesus. Choke on it. Drown on it. Swim in it. The blood of Jesus. Come out. Come Let's out go, and speak. Let's Come go. You've been defeated. Speak. Come up and speak. Loose your tongue right now, demons, in Jesus' name. We command you to manifest and come up right now. I command every foul, wicked spirit inside to engage in civil war. We command all the demons to be reprogrammed right now. Attack each other. Attack. Destroy. That's your new assignment. Jesus' name. Paranoia and profanity and pornography, we know you're there. Come up and out. Manifest now in the name of Jesus. All lying spirits, all slandering spirits, all whining and complaining and self-pity spirits, spirits of shame and criticism and anger and bitterness and ridicule and perversity, come up. Manifest now in the name of Jesus. I command you to speak in the name and by the authority of the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. In Jesus' name, manifest. I agree. You've got to come up, demons. You've been defeated by the blood of Jesus. Father God, we're asking that you loose the angels of God to go in there and sword these demons right now. Angels of God, find these demons, sort them, 
sort them in Jesus' name. Sort them in Jesus' name. I'm asking God you'd point your finger at the demons you want to manifest and come out right now in Jesus' name. We ask you let the angel of the Lord chase these foul spirits. Make their ways slippery in Jesus' name. All sex spirits, we're commanding you to obey and manifest in Jesus' name. All spirits of masturbation and guilt and shame and condemnation, manifest now. Spirits of pornography, manifest now in Jesus' name. Let's manifest, go. you cowards. Manifest. What you do in the darkness is now being shouted from the rooftops. It's now being made manifest in the light. Manifest. All demons of sexual perversion, manifest in Jesus' name. Let's go, All sexual demons fantasy. of incest and manifest. rape and fornication and adultery and immorality. Let's go, Manifest shame. in Jesus' name. We're talking to you, demons. The Lord Jesus Christ rebuke you. Be weakened by the blood of Jesus. Angels of God, go in there and start hooking and pulling these demons up. I'm asking God that you would let the hornets of heaven dipped in the blood of Jesus come down and start stinging these foul spirits. I'm asking God you would fire your lightning bolts to discomfit these foul spirits in Jesus' name. The Lord rebuke you and I rebuke you. Come out and go in Jesus' name. The Lord rebukes you and I rebuke you. Manifest in the name of Jesus. Manifest. You lose Susan's tongue and speak in Jesus' name. Susan, are you there? Yes. What are you feeling? What's happening? Uh, profusely sweating and palpitations in my heart. Okay. I want you to re I want you to repeat these rebukes as we do it also, okay? Okay. Okay? So all, all sex spirits manifest in the name of Jesus. Okay. All spirits of pornography and homosexuality and shame and guilt and masturbation and rape and fornication and incest manifest in Jesus' name. All spirits of immorality and adultery manifest in the name of Jesus. Manifest in the name of Jesus. Manifest in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, I command you to manifest, to show yourself. All spirits of the occult, all spirits of witchcraft and magic and Ouija boards manifest in Jesus' name. I heard you, demon. What's your name, you foul, wicked spirit? What's your assignment? You've been sent to destroy Susan? I'm not talking to Susan. I'm talking to you, foul, wicked spirit. And I'm in agreement with Pastor Carl Henderson. It's your coming out Leviathan, party. Leviathan, you snake. Answer up. Answer up. Command you to speak in the name of Jesus. Who are you, you hissing serpent? We're talking to you, demon. We rebuke you in Jesus in Christ's name. In the name of Jesus, you Leviathan-like spirit, answer up. In the name of Jesus. Who are you? What is your name? Answer him. We bind you to the truth on Judgment Day. You look at the Lord Jesus Christ, foul spirit, and you answer right now. What's your name? What is your name? In the name of Jesus, I command you. Answer me. In the name of Jesus, I command you to manifest and answer. I'm in agreement. I'm whining you, sissy. Name yourself. Name yourself. Let's go, demon. Are you a child of a fool with no name? Did Maybe they didn't give you a name, demon? Is that what it is? You so low down on the pole? Be weakened by the blood of Jesus right now. I lose the angels of God to go in and cut the seven heads off of Leviathan right now with the sword of the Lord. 
Angels of God, go ahead and start carving its scales off. Put a meat hook into its deep flesh and pull it out on the beach so the birds and the fowls of the air can eat it and feast on it in Jesus' name. How do you like that in Leviathan? In the name of Jesus, I command you to speak. Answer, what is your name, you foul, wicked, unclean spirit? What is your name? In the name of Jesus, I command you to answer. Answer him, demon. We bind you to the truth on Judgment Day. We command doubt and unbelief. Come out in Jesus' name right now. Come out. All deliverance blockers, come out in Jesus' name. Be removed. All spirits of unforgiveness and bitterness and resentment, you are bound. You either manifest or go. You cannot delay you. or disturb or prevent this deliverance. What's your name, wicked spirit, unclean spirit? Angels of God, go bring the spirit up in Jesus' name. Put a threefold cord around his neck and bring it up in Jesus' name. What's your name, demon? In the name of Jesus, I command you to answer. What is your name? I pour the blood of Jesus Christ down every foul, wicked spirit's throat and also the oil of the Holy Spirit. I pour on you, demons, in Jesus' name. Manifest and come up right now. What is your name? In the name of Jesus, I command you to answer me. What is your name? Are you hearing anything in your head, Susan? No. What's going on? Are you feeling any pressure or pain? Um, just uh, just really sweating and um, just my heart palpitating. Okay, this spirit um, in the heart, in the name of Jesus, I command you to come up and out. The spirit that's manifesting in the heart and in the body, come up and out in Jesus' name. Come up you heard and of out demon. in the name of Jesus. There you go, demon. What's your name, you foul, wicked spirit? You demon causing the palpitations, we're talking to you. That's your function. That What's your job, to destroy Susan? Speak, demon. Are you a coward, demon? Demon, we're seated with Jesus Christ in the highest of the heavenlies. That means we're high above Satan and high above every one of you. We've got authority to cast you out tonight, don't we, demons? I commanded you in the name of Jesus, using his authority. You must answer. You will manifest in the name of Jesus. You will manifest and you will show yourself for who you are. What is your name? Let's go, demon. Tell me. That's right. Tell, tell me, by what authority do you have to afflict her? What is the authority? She's broken. She's broken all the authority, all the ground. She's confessed everything. What is your authority to stay there? In the name of Jesus, I command you to answer me. What is your authority? You got a legal right to be in there, demon. If you don't, you got to come out now, don't you? How did you get in, demon? Did you come in through her mother? Her grandfather, how how far back did you come in? Rebuke you in Jesus' name, you foul and clean spirit. Come out of her in Jesus' name. Manifest. Be weakened by the blood of Jesus. Father God, we stand in the gap for our sister right now in agreement. Pastor Carl and myself. And you said we're two or three gathered. Jesus is in the midst. And you said, Lord, that you'll give us the desires of our heart. We're asking tonight that you would give deliverance to, to Susan 
And we break and cut off any ungodly soul tie that's attached to her. We stand in the gap and break off any witchcraft that came down the generational lines, any demons that came into her through sins of the fathers, witchcraft, adultery, fornication. We break the curse of the bastard going back ten generations on both sides of the family. In Jesus' name. Demons, you have no legal right to be in there, do you? Manifest right now. What's your name, foul spirit? You spirit of lust, I'm talking to you. Manifest right now. Come up in Jesus' name. You unclean spirit of lust and shame, I bind you both together with a threefold cord. I command you to manifest in Jesus' name. Let's go, demons. This unclean spirit, this foul, wicked, unclean spirit, I command you to manifest. You're the one. You're the one who entered in when she was a child, be taken advantage of. Now manifest in the name of Jesus, in the name and by the authority of Jesus Christ. The Lord rebukes you, and I rebuke you. I command you to obey and manifest in Jesus' name. Incest manifest right now. Rape manifest right now. Come out, Jesus' name. Let's go. In Jesus' name. Susan, um, let me ask you a question. Do you have, uh, where are you at right now? Do you have um, something you can put on your head, a scarf, a hat, even a towel you could wrap around it? Um, Let me go see if I can find, I'm sitting out in my car. (laughs) It could be be anything. The reason I'm saying that is sometimes that will break the back of the enemy. It says when a lady prays or prophesies, put a head covering on, and I'm like this, um, if that helps get the demons out, then praise God. Let's do it. Amen. What can I find? could be anything, you know. Um, even if you had a you know, shirt, uh, whatever it is. <laughs> it puts some power a in your head. Newspaper, anything. Amen. Amen. T-shirt. <laughs> okay. That'll be fine. <laughs> Father God, we agree with our sister right now for her deliverance. And Lord Jesus, you are the one, you are the deliverer. We're the workers, but we're asking for mercy tonight for our sister. We stand in the gap. Whether we break all hexes, vexes, curses, spells, hoodoo, voodoo, witchcraft, lotions, potions, any prayers or pronouncements, any word curses, we break that curse off of her that was put down the family line, sent down uh, the family lines of uh, insanity. We break that curse of insanity. There you go, you foul, wicked spirits. I took notes. We break and cut that off of her right now. All those curses we break and send back to the original demonic sender sevenfold in Jesus Christ's name. We loose the angels of God right now to go and recover all bits of her fragmented soul and bring it back and put it in its rightful place. Now, demon, we're talking to you. We bind you, strong man, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Manifest, foul, wicked spirit. What's your name? Lord Jesus Christ, rebuke you. We rebuke you, demons, in Jesus' name. Manifest right now. Lust. Come out of her right now. You foul, wicked spirit that came in through looking at internet porn, we bind you in Jesus' name. Manifest right now, demon. Do you have a legal right to continue being in there? This Jezebel spirit, you manifest too in the name of Jesus. Spirit of Jezebel, I command you to answer now in Jesus' name. When did you enter? All spirits of manipulation of Jezebel... Answer me now. When did you enter? How did you get authority? What is your authority? What legal authority do you have to be there? All your authority has been cut and destroyed. 
What is your authority? I command you to tell me in Jesus' name. Hey, Jezebel, how do you like the head covering? Do you like, do you like the head covering? Lord Jesus Christ, rebuke you. We lose the spirits of Jehu to attack Jezebel right now. Angels of God, go find Jezebel. Bring her up right now. Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. We loose the Holy Spirit, Shekinah glory of God, into our sister right now to go in and start burning these foul spirits up and out to the surface. Come out of her, demons. Lord Jesus, rebuke you. The Lord rebuke you, and I rebuke you. I command you to manifest in Jesus' name. I believe all of this, but I don't don't feel anything. What does that mean? Well, I'll tell you... you, Go ahead, brother. Is there any other areas or things that you haven't dealt with, that you haven't talked about? No. I've talked about everything um, that I can think of, um, which is pretty serious. Are you, um, sh- are you sure? Are you sure yeah. that you have forgiven these people? Yes, I have. I mean, forgiving them, that you, you, you wish them, you wish well to them. Yes, I do. Let's cover that area one more time. Uh, just saying, Lord Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ. I repent of engaging in Internet pornography. I repent of engaging in Internet pornography. I repent of masturbation. I repent of masturbation. And I repent of all sexual sins. And I repent of all sexual sins. I also repent of committing adultery. I repent of committing adultery. And in engaging in any fornication. And engaging in any fornication. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You foul, wicked spirits. We're not talking to Susan. We're talking to you. She has repented. That means she has been forgiven. You spirits that came in through adultery, manifest right now. Come up and out in Jesus' name. The Lord Jesus rebuke you, and I rebuke you. We pour the blood of Jesus Christ down your foul, wicked throat. Come up, demon, right now. Let's go. I'm asking God you loose the ten plagues that you hit Egypt with to smite these demons right now. And all the torment and pain they've caused, Susan, we send back on your heads, demons, sevenfold in Jesus' name. Loose your human spirit right now and let it go. We break the yoke off her neck in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come out of her right now. Let's go, demons. Mind control, come out of her right now. Mind binders, occult mind binding. All control spirits. Come out of her mind right now in Jesus' name. We disconnect mind control from witchcraft in the name of Jesus Christ. Witchcraft manifest right now. In Jesus' name, all spirits of unforgiveness manifest now. Spirits of unforgiveness and bitterness manifest now in Jesus' name. All you spirits of lies and secrets and shame, manifest now in Jesus' name. Shame and unforgiveness, I come manifest in Jesus' name. I agree. Manifest, demons. You don't have any legal right to be in there, do you? 
You spirit lying, lying spirits. spirits. I command you to manifest now in the name of Jesus Christ. Come up and out, you foul, wicked, lying spirit in Jesus' name. Liar, manifest. Let's go. Lord Jesus, we stand in the gap for our sister right now. We're asking that you would have mercy tonight and you would point your finger, Father God, on the demon that you want to come out in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Father God, go, be demon. gracious and be merciful to Susan. Lord, uh, we are we are obeying you, Lord. We are your willing servants, Lord. You point your finger, Lord. You show them that the kingdom of God has come and that your will will be done on earth and in Susan's life just as it is in heaven. Father God, we pray that you will manifest yourself in the name of your Son. Lord, your word says that whatever we ask in the Son's name, that will you do that the Father might be glorified. Father God, glorify yourself now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we bind these wicked ones, and we command them to speak in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, Father, we pray for you to be glorified. Be glorified this night in Susan's life. In Jesus' name we pray. Demon Spirit of unforgiveness and sexual sin and incest. Manifest in Jesus' name. Let's go, demons. Spirit of insanity that came down the family lines to that curse. Manifest right now. We rebuke you in Jesus' name. You are broken in Jesus' name. Every time you start talking about different things, my heart starts all over again. And the Which one is it responding to? Um, incest. Lest, uh, what you just said. Um, you spirit of fear, manifest right now. Spirit of fear, we're talking to you. We rebuke you in Jesus' name. And lust and rape and uh, and uh, immorality, manifest in Jesus' name. Let's go, Lilith. Are you? What is you? the controlling spirit of all these sexual sins? Who is the controlling spirit? What is your name? Answer me in Jesus' name. We bind you to the truth on judgment. They answer him. Let's go, demon. All you sexual spirits, who is the controlling spirit? Before the Lord Jesus Christ, answer him right now. In the name of Jesus, if you tell me who you are, I will send you out last. In the name of Jesus, I command you to tell me who you are. It's a good deal, demon. Otherwise, we're going to cage you up and marinate you. Maybe leave you in there for months or a year to be tortured. Manifest right now. Jesus' name. Spirit that can't comes in at night, you Lilith spirit, incubus, succubus, that has sex with her at night, we rebuke you in Jesus' name. Manifest right now. Command you to come out of her in Jesus' name. There you go, you prince of occult sex, sexual fantasy. Manifest right now. What are you doing to her, sister? Are you trying to destroy her? You like what you're doing to her, demon? Be weakened by the blood of Jesus. Angels of God, go remove all the shield demons and all the blocking spirits right now. Take them out right now. Chain them up in Jesus' name. Come out. Wicked soul ties, you are cut. All soul ties, you are cut and released 
You must manifest and come out now in Jesus' name. What is your name? Who is the controlling sexual spirit there? Spirit of incest, is it you? In Jesus' name, I command you to answer. By the name and the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, I command you to answer me now. Answer me in Jesus' name. When loose the angels of God to go surround this control spirit and cut it off from all the rest, right now, angels of God, sort it, sort it, sort it. No mercy for the wicked in Jesus' name. Answer him, demon. What is your name? What's your angelic name? Demons, you better answer. We're going to call down the archangel, Michael. We're going to ask God to send angels from his quarters. Let's go. What's your name? How'd you get in, demon? You came in at night? You come in when she sleeps, or is she awake? Father God, I ask that you would loose warrior angels from Michael's quarters to come down and smite these foul spirits with the sword of the Lord in Jesus Christ's name. Angels of God, yeah. descend and start sorting them in Jesus' name. Pour the blood of Jesus Christ down every foul, wicked spirit's throat right now. Drink the blood of Jesus. And look at the Lord Jesus Christ standing next to our sister. You've got to manifest right now. Let's go. How you feeling, Susan? Um, fine. Feeling good. That's not good enough for us, demons. We're not talking to Susan. We're talking to you, foul, wicked spirit. We cut off all lines of communication between the enemy right now. We loose blindness and confusion into the demons in Jesus' name. Loose the spirit of Babylon into the demons right now. In Jesus' name. Spirit of lust, manifest right now. Are you the strong man, demon? How'd you get in? Susan, let me ask you a question. Have you ever tried fasting? Yes, I have. Um... Some foul spirits only come out uh, through prayer and fasting. And uh, I want you just to hold on a second. I've, I have uh, lost uh, Pastor Carl. I'm going to bring him back on. Hold on one minute. There you go, Pastor Carl. My switchboard dropped you. I apologize. <laughs> okay. Um, I was asked, just asking Susan, I, I asked her, had she uh, she fasted before? I know some spirits only come out, Susan, with prayer and fasting. Sounds like you've got some stubborn demons in there, but they're defeated by the blood of Jesus. Right. Once again, we're not talking to you, Susan. We're talking to the foul, wicked spirit in you. We bind you, strong man, and you're going to come out. You and your wicked, foul spirits in Jesus' name. Let's go, demons. She's already repented. You have no legal right to be in there, do you? Just take a deep cough in your stomach, Susan, and cough it out. 
Let's go, Damon. She's in agreement. She wants to be set free tonight by the Lord Jesus Christ. you got to go, don't you? Manifest and go. Come out. Spirits on lust and shame, we bind you in Jesus' name. Start manifesting. Come out. Come out and go in Jesus' name. Spirits of incest and rape and molestation, come out. Come out and go in Jesus' name. Come out. 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 In the name of Jesus, tell you command you to come up and out. 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 In Jesus' name. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I command you to come out. This is not an option. We're not playing with you. Come out and go in Jesus' name. Come up and out in Jesus' name. Come out of her in come Jesus' out. name. Let's go. Come out. Come out. Come out. Come out. Come out. In the name of Jesus, come out. The Lord rebukes you and I rebuke you. You must come out. Come out and go in Jesus' name. Come out. Come out. Repeat. My stomach hurts. Okay, the spirit in the stomach, come up and out now in Jesus' name. The spirit's manifesting in the stomach. What is your name? What is your name? I command you to tell me. Come out. Tell me what is your name. In the name of Jesus, I command you. What is your name? What is your name? In the name of Jesus, I command you to tell me. Answer me. Answer me, you foul, wicked, sickening spirit. Come on, you sissy. You plaything. You went into her when she was a little girl. Come on out, in the name of Jesus. Out, 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 in Jesus' name. Come up and out. Come up and out, in Jesus' name. Come out, come out, come out, come out. Come up and out, in Jesus' name. This spirit that's manifesting in the stomach, what is your name? What is your name? In the name of Jesus, I command you to tell me. Answer him, demon. In the name of Yeshua, the Son of God, you will answer me. I command you, while seated in the heavenly places, at the right hand of the throne of power, at the right hand of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, I command you to answer me in Jesus' name. I pour the blood of Jesus Christ right in there with you, in her stomach right now. Angels of God, go down and start sorting that spirit. Cut off all the roots. Cut up all the nest in that stomach area. Attack the demons in the stomach area that cause that pain. Stomach pain manifesting. Come out in Jesus' name. Come up. Come up. Come up. Come up. Come up. Come up in Jesus' name. Come up and out. Up and out. Out. Out you go. Out in Jesus' name. Come out. Come out. Come out and go in Jesus' name, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. By the blood of Jesus over Susan's life, the blood of Jesus being poured through his mouth, through her stomach, the blood of Jesus anointing and baptizing her inside and outside. Come up and out in Jesus' name. The Lord rebukes you and I rebuke you. The blood of Jesus is poured upon you. Feel the searing pain of the blood of Jesus. What is your name? What is your name? In the name of Jesus, I command you to tell me. We're talking to you, demon. You answer the man of God right now. We rebuke you in Jesus' name. How'd you get in, demon?
Damon, you're making it hard on yourself. You're going to be tormented day and night in a little little tiny cage filled with the blood of Jesus. Manifest right now. You foul, wicked spirit causing pain in the stomach. We rebuke you in Jesus' name right now. Come up and out right now. Angels of God, go down and start sorting it. Sorted. I command every demon inside to attack this foul spirit in her stomach. Attack. Destroy. That's your new assignment. Jesus' name. We see angels of God that go in and cut the heads and tails off of these serpent spirits right now. Boa, python, kundalini, come out of her in Jesus' name. Let's go. Come out. Come out. Come out in Jesus' name. Okay, listen to me, you foul, wicked, unclean spirit. If you don't come out, I'm going to send you into the pit. When you come out, you're going into the pit, to the deepest, darkest place of the pit. You come out now, and I'll let you wander in dry places. If you don't come out now, I'm going to send you into the pit. Demon, he means what he says. That's a good deal. You better come out right now while the getting is good. Or you will go to the name of Jesus. And you go to the dungeon of the dragon to be tormented down there, demon. You want that? Come out of here in Jesus' name. You've had your day of tormenting her. That day is over now. You come up and out now in Jesus' name. Because next you're going to the pit and you'll be the one tortured. Come up and out in Jesus' name. Susan, what's going on there? Um, nothing. My stomach doesn't hurt anymore. Um, I'm still sweating and just still palpitating. Um, that's all I'm getting. Um, I don't know. These demons may need to be marinated a while. Sounds yeah, let's like find these demons right now, and uh, and let's put them back down, and then come at this again. Demons, you had your chance. You're going to be marinated now. Go ahead, Pastor Carl. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I command every demon, I bind you and I put you in small boxes right now, in black prisons, in steaming hot black prisons. I put every demon inside of a cell. You will not be able to talk to the other demons except to tell them how much you hate them and how much you despise them. There will be no conversation between you except to tell them how much you despise them. I command every demon here to tell the ruling demons how much you despise them. You will not communicate or talk or say anything except how much you despise each other and how much you despise the ruling spirits. In the name of Jesus, I shrink yourselves again. I shrink yourselves by half. And I bind you in that cell. And you will not speak except to complain and and to attack one another. That is all you will do. You will not harm Susan in any way. You will not speak to her. You will not manifest in her in any way. The demon who was who was um, manifesting in the stomach, when you come out, you're going into the deepest pit of hell. I'm placing you on notice now. You will go to the deepest pit of Hades. You will go into the darkest, blackest place in the name of Jesus Christ. I command you that when you go, you will not go until I release you, but when you go, you will go into the deepest, darkest place in Hades. And you will not go through 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 dry places like the other demons. 
No demon will leave until I allow you to leave. You are bound now in the name and by the authority of Jesus Christ. You cannot see, and you can only speak to tell each other how much you despise each other. I will not tolerate any, any coming against Susan, any manifestation from Susan. You will release her. You are bound. You cannot affect her heart, mind, soul, or strength. You cannot affect her body. She will be released from your power until I unbind you. In the name and by the authority of Jesus Christ, you are now bound. Father God, Father God, I pray that you'll send your angels with flaming swords to torture them. Read the scriptures to them around the clock. Read especially the scripture to them about what their future is and how they'll be cast into the lake of fire. And the one who is manifesting in the stomach, know that you're going into the lake of fire first. You're going into the lake of fire before all the others because of your deceit, because of your your lies, because of your manifestation. The rest of you, you're on notice. In the name and by the authority of Jesus Christ, by the blood of the Lamb, I come against all of you. You are bound in the name of Jesus, in the Lamb that was slain from the foundation from the world, in the name of the one true God, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Lord of lords and King of kings. You are all bound. You will not touch Susan. You will not hurt her. You will not move from place to place. You are bound. Your hands and your feet are tied, and you're imprisoned in hot, steaming cells. And you will not speak except to tell the truth of what you really think of each other. You will only tell each other how much you despise each other and how much you hate each other. Other than that, you are bound until I release you. You will not be released until I release you. No one can release you until I release you. In the name of Jesus, I command you to obey. In the name of Jesus, I bind you. In the name of Jesus, I place my foot on your neck. In the name of Jesus, I take authority over you. And by the authority of the Lord of Lords and King of Kings, I bind you now. You will release Susan, and you will not interfere with her or touch her in any way. In the name of Jesus, I command it. Susan. Yes. How are you feeling right now? I feel good. <laughs> I feel Susan, good. what we want you to good. do is uh, we want you to email Pastor Carl with your name and phone number and contact info. Okay. Um, Pastor Carl, can you give Susan your contact info? Yeah, why, why don't you give it, uh, uh, with this, uh, all she needs is, uh, chhenderson5 okay. at yahoo.com. C as in I, Carl, Henderson. I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have a pen and paper with me. I'm in the car. Okay. I think, I think, uh, Shannon has it, has it on Absolutely. his website there. Absolutely. So you can you just can, go on the website and get it from there. I think I already and, got and it. It's your Yahoo or Yahoo.com. Yes. I think I already wrote it down because they had already put it on there. Okay, okay. yes, it's up in the show now, notes. Absolutely. Go ahead, brother. Now, now listen, Susan, in the meantime what I want you to do is I want you to fast and pray. I don't know what your health condition is. But you need to give up something, whether it's breakfast or lunch or give up, uh, you know, eggs or bread. I, I want you to make a commitment to fasting and praying, okay? okay. You mm-hmm. need. I want you to show God that you're serious about this. This is not something you just want to give a give a try. You want to get free. Mm-hmm. So you show you show God that you're serious about this in the meantime. Okay. Okay. Yes. And then, and then we'll come back against them again later. 
Okay. I want to torture them for at least 24 hours, probably 48 hours. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Now, you should feel, well, um, let me ask you, how do you feel right now? I don't have the palpitations anymore. Do you, uh, let me just ask you, do you have a lightness, a freedom? You feel, uh, even though they didn't, we didn't get anything to come out that we're aware of, do you feel different now? I feel good. I really do. I feel light. I feel good. Um, okay. So that's, this is probably because they're bound. Some may have been driven out silently that we didn't pick up on. Uh, maybe two of them there seem, seem like. But mostly what happened now is you're bound. That means you're free. That means they can't influence you. So they're bound for now, but this is a temporary fix because we need to go ahead and get them all the way out, okay? Okay. So the lightness and the freedom you have is somewhat like it'll be when you get completely delivered. Okay. Okay. And in the meantime, um, you also keep binding them in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, if they... If they try to lie to you or try to speak to you, in the name of Jesus, you tell them to be quiet. In the name of Jesus, you leave me alone. In the name of Jesus, you're bound. You just reinforce what we've already done. I know to do that. If I get that, and then I just said, uh, get behind me, Jesus, or get behind me, Satan, in Jesus' name. I know to do that. There you go. Okay, you keep doing that. Anyway, God bless you, um, Brother Carl and Brother Shannon. Um, God bless you too, Susan. Susan, what I'm going to do is I just saw your number on the switchboard. I wrote it down. I'm going to pass it on to uh, Pastor Carl. And we're going to get back with you here in a few days and uh, keep going after these things, all right? Okay, I listen to you every day. <laughs> God bless you, sister. Well, God bless you God too. Bless you. And let me just pray, let me, Susan, let me just pray for yes, you real quick, Father God. All Father right. God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for what you did and what you're doing in Susan's life. Now, Lord God, we pray that you'll put a hedge of protection around here, around her, that there be no demonic influences, no more attacks coming at her. And Lord, we just pray that you will continue to bind these uh, these these foul, wicked, unclean spirits in the name of your Son, that you will glorify yourself by torturing and binding them. And Lord, we pray that you'll continue to give her freedom during this time, Lord. And Lord, we trust your word that whom the Lord sets free is free indeed. And now, Lord, uh, we just pray that you will Speak into her life, that you will inspire her, that your grace and your love and your mercy will flood through her life, Lord, that you'll empower her, you'll equip her, Lord, and you'll restore her and you'll refresh her in her spirit spirit, so that she can continue the battle against this wickedness until she's free and this curse over her family is gone. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you for calling in tonight, sister. You too. God bless you all. Pastor Carl, I don't know where the time went. <laughs> I should have warned you we would go four hours. We, you're a warrior, man. We, uh, we're, we're 15 minutes shy. We're in overtime, and we're still on the tape. Folks, I want to um, – I see a bunch of people on the line. Folks, I want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. Um, if we couldn't get to your calls because of um, – it kicks us off at, uh, at the fourth hour. But what I want to let everybody know is uh, – I've written down a couple phone numbers of people that are in hold, and we will call you back. Um, and if you're tuning in every night, keep trying till you get through on the phone lines as well. Or you can email us at omegamanradio at yahoo.com. Send us your name and phone number, and we'll get uh, the calls returned to you. Pastor Carl, 
brother, it's been an honor and pleasure to have you on tonight. Would you give out your uh, contact information again on your ministry and how people can get in contact with you and support the fine efforts yeah. that you're doing? Praise God. Yes, I will. If you want to contribute support to us, it's tax-deductible through c10.org, c-t-e-n.org. And uh, you, you can open up there. You can get the uh, the uh, mailing address and the phone number to make donations to our ministry. And if you want to get in contact with us, it's chenderson5 at yahoo.com. And, Folks, uh, you couldn't get behind a better ministry. I mean, I, I've known Pastor Carl, known of him uh, since I was uh, working with uh, Rich Keltner and um, heard about the, the fine work that they're doing in the Philippines. And uh, so, true man of God, it's a, it's a real ministry. Um, you get behind, you'll be blessed. I can guarantee that. Pastor Carl, I want to again thank you for going four hours with me tonight and going this late into the morning. Um, what I wanted you to pray about is uh, pray about uh, coming on on a regular basis. I'd love to have you on every week. <laughs> we'll make uh, any time period available that you want. You don't have to come on so late. We'll get you on early, late. doesn't matter whatever time to accommodate you, but... Uh, we're getting incredible response tonight. People um, love the word you brought, and we'd love to have you come back on and preach. Uh, you're welcome on here anytime. We'd love to have you come on and do an Elijah yeah. Challenge training. Um, many people are interested in how to get into the deliverance ministry, how to get into the healing ministry. Uh, we just need some training out here. You know, it's not being Great. taught at the mainstream churches. So, brother, uh, it would be an honor and a pleasure to have you um, on anytime you're available. So, um, consider that. Thank and. You. Uh, Thank you. We'll have to we'll 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 work on that because that would be a blessing. When we'll be talking to you this week. God bless you. You want okay. to close out in prayer tonight? Yes. Uh, Father God, we're thankful for your word. We're thankful that your word does not come back void. We're thankful, Lord, that um that you give us the power to trample on snakes and scorpions. We thank you, Lord, that you came to destroy the works of the wicked one and you empowered us to, to also destroy the works of the wicked one. And we know that those are diseases, demons and death. And, uh, Father God, we know that you hold the keys to death and Hades and that you release whom you choose and that you choose to release those who put their faith and their trust in you, who turn from their sins and repentance. Now, Lord, there are many people listening and who have been listening, Lord, and uh, who are seeking deliverance and seeking information, Lord. I pray that you will bless them, that you will put uh, someone in their path that can give them the information, Lord, that you will help them to persevere and to be diligent in order and to not let go until they find the information and they have the skills and the ability to be able to uh, to obey the Scriptures and to be set free. Lord, bless them as they continue to search for you and seek after you and as they honor you and obey you, Lord. Lord, um, bless them even if they bless you. And, Father God, I thank you for this ministry. I thank you for Shannon. I thank you for the radio and the means, and I thank you for those who are so willing to hear and and learn. And, Lord, I um, I just thank you for what you're doing here, and I know, Lord, that you're blessing this, and the future will be even greater than the beginning. And I just pray that you continue to uh, to work in this ministry and in the lives of the people who are listening tonight. And, uh, and uh, we pray this in the name of our Lord, and our King, and our Savior. In the name that's above all names, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Folks, you've been listening to Pastor Carl Henderson. Uh, his ministry is the Mission of Reconciliation. Personal email at thehenderson5 at yahoo.com or www.c10, that's charlietangoecodovember.org. You could also catch him up on Facebook. Uh, and uh, this program will be in the MP3 archives in about 10 to 15 minutes. 
Uh, send it out to everyone you know, and uh, we'll get him back on again really soon. Love and appreciate you, brother. God bless God you. God bless. I'll talk to you in a day All or right. so. Thank you, brother. Bye-bye. Okay. Good night. Bye. Folks, um, thank you for tuning in tonight. I see two callers waiting in the queue, one from 513 area code, the other one from 419. I've written down your numbers. Here's what you can do for me. If you will email me tonight uh, with your name and that number, uh, I'll get a prayer team to call you back. Um, I'll, I'll turn it over to some um, prayer warriors tomorrow, and either I'll call you back with another brother or we'll get uh, Pastor Costello and some of the others to call you back. Um we will get a call back to you, and you will get some prayer. If you um, also want to, uh, again, email me, uh, that would be good. That way I can go ahead and get this ball in motion for you. We'll also be opening up the lines tomorrow night. And if you enjoyed this program tonight with Pastor Carl Henderson, write in and let him know. That would be an encouragement to him. Uh, we're going to offer him a regular slot on Omega Man Radio. He's welcome to come back and preach every week. We'll find a time period that works for him. And, uh, you know, he's in the States for a number of weeks, but then when he goes back, uh, we'll make a way to get him on this program. Um, we'd love to have him on the lineup, bring a, a word of the Lord every week, take some phone calls, do some deliverance, and uh, pray about that with us, that uh, the Lord will move on his heart and he'll uh, come on board here. We'd love to have him on. As we find uh, ministers out there that know what they're doing, uh, such as Carl Henderson, uh, it's imperative that um, they get a platform to uh, preach and uh, to do deliverance and training for those that want to get involved, because we've all been called to get in the ministry. Just people need uh, need some um, some basic training, right? The authority's there. It's just um, some people say, "Hey, how do I get started?" You know, I want I want to jump on board. So you learn from the the people that are doing it. And uh, Pastor Carl Henderson is one of those men. So we praise God for him. All the pastors that are coming on. And, uh, again, um, we'll get him on also to do a, an Elijah training. I'm really looking forward to that. We'll be getting William Lau back again, of course. And uh, we want to praise God for all of you that have partnered with this ministry. Uh, if you would um, um, like to um, get in contact with me, again, OmegaManRadio at Yahoo.com. Official website, OmegaManRadio.com. Very easy. Uh, that's also my Facebook, Omega Man Radio. And if you go over there and sign up, add me as a friend, look on my friends list, you'll see Pastor Carl there. Add him on as a friend and uh, get networked out here. Love and appreciate you all. We'll be back tomorrow night, uh, 8 p.m., Pastor James Mobley. At 11 p.m., we're going to have on John Ramirez. Special interview tomorrow night. God bless everyone. And uh, until we meet again, uh, may the Lord bless and keep you. I cover everybody in the blood of Jesus. And have a great evening.